how dare you? <laughs> Welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 200 and something. And started the podcast. You just like you started by telling people to shut the fuck up. I, I always start every episode by saying shut the fuck up. But I do it quiet and to you. 207, I was right the first time. Welcome to Chris Apocalypse episode 207. And caught me off guard with the intro, but I'm still fucking running 100%. Bashing it out day after day. Thinking about money moves, making money, producing money, printing money. Can't be illegal. The bank does it. Let's get on it. How you doing, Anne? What? <laughs> Have you been watching fucking Wolf of Wall Street again? No, did you not hear Top G's back out of prison? Top G. Top G. Andrew Tate is out of prison. No, he's, he's on under house, house arrest. arrest. <laughs> it's basically the same. I know. Um, so Top G's out. I don't so care. Uh, Don't give a shit. The sex hope, predator hope he, is back on the... On hope, the back hope his on the, fucking syphilis kills him. How long until he messages a girl to try and start a sex trafficking business again? Give him a week? Is he allowed his phone? Oh, that's a point, actually. He might have to register as a sex offender as well. <laughs> Although, in Romania... <coughs> I reckon he's a flight risk. I reckon he'll try and run. Bill go to Russia or something and be trapped there like Julian Assange was. Was it Julian Assange or who was the other one? Who's Julian Assange is in the UK. Yeah, Julian Assange ran to Russia. Yeah. And then Russia were like, he tried to rape a woman. He's like, no, I didn't. And he ran to the UK. Mm. It was Sweden. He was Sweden? Yeah, Sweden's the one who'd been after him. All right. Anyway, enough of that. Enough of you celebrating the top G being back out of prison. Number one sex offender worldwide. I don't know, Gary Glitter. No, Gary Glitter's in prison. Again. Yeah. You remember he came out? Yeah. And he Googled... Jim Davidson said, you should give him a second chance because <laughs> he's very remorseful. Look, Jim Davidson is also probably a pedophile. Yeah. Let's just get it out there now. Jim Davidson lives near us as well. Does he? So I can happily say, Jim mm. Davidson, you're probably a fucking pedo. Yeah. Probably a big old cunty he's pedo. He's not been in the panto down in town for a few years. A few years? A few decades, man. He used to be quite often. Yeah, I know, yeah. And then he became a massive racist. And so he probably doesn't want to step in. one of the Chuckle Brothers a while ago. Was it? Yeah. The one's still alive, obviously. They Did they not get the corpse out? No. Oh, must not have been a big panto then. He was doing London, I reckon. Do you remember when Henry Winkler, Winkler came to came to Woking to do the panto? Did he? Yeah. I met him in... Uh, he was in... Because they all go out to O'Neill's. Like, yeah. all the all the crew of like the panto people. And he went to O'Neill's and I said hello. Yeah. And I did that. I did A, and I embarrassed myself because I was very drunk. It's also the same way I met Gareth Gates. I remember seeing him on an interview where he said I was in a pub in Woking. It's a prick. Yeah. Some absolute cunt said the most ridiculous thing to me. Um, anyway, Anne, how you doing? Any news that you'd like to talk about? I saw Transformers Rise of the Beasts trailer, the new trailer... In the cinemas. Oh. Yeah. And i got to say, that film looks like a fucking mess. You look like a mess. How did they not learn from Bumblebee what? how to make a good Transformers movie? It looks all right. I don't know what your problem is. You haven't seen it yet. All right. Well, I'm, I'm saying it now. This is a return <laughs> to form for Transformers. It's going to be exactly the same as Rise of the King. Whatever it was. Rise of the King? Yeah, Rise of the King. Good. Transformers 5. That was the last night. Oh, there you go. That's the one. Same thing. Yeah. Same diff. Yeah. 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 Same diff. Yeah. Yeah. Same diff. Same. Same. Same diff. Yeah. Same diff. Um. All right. So I saw the Transformers trailer, and there is Optimus Primal. Remember, you told me about that guy. Yeah. 
There's Bumblebee. Who's voiced by... Who's Optimus Prime voiced by? Kieran Culkin. Ron Perlman. Oh, cool. That's surprising. And the film has Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh. Oh, really? As the Bird Woman. Air oh. Razor. Oh. I can get an air razor out of the box. I've no, got, I've don't. Got, I've got don't. an air razor. No. There's no troubles at all. I can it's get okay. Air. Don't worry. Don't do that. Um, are you looking forward to this movie? I've got a lot of Optimus Prime. Are you going to go see this? Of course I'm going to fucking see it. What fucking, what fucking question is that? What fucking stupid question is that? Of course I'm going to fucking see Transformers Rise of the Beast. No. No, I'm not going to see Transformers Rise of the Beast. I don't like Transformers in the slightest. It's probably going to be on Paramount Plus in like a day. I've never heard of Transformers. And looking around your room, I think you may be telling me a bit of a porky pie there. Because there's at least four Gundams. I can see. There's only three Gundams. The fact you corrected me, and I was only one off, and I was making a joke about Gundams. Oh, can we turn on Spanish Power Ranger? No. No. Oh. What are you wasting time for anyway? Sorry, anyway, back to the news. Um, Lance Reddick died. I think we spoke about that last time, though, didn't we? Mm, don't know. No, nor do I. Lance Reddick died. He's really good in a lot of stuff. He did that. He did the... the he did the Funny or Die sketch. He had low confidence, though. He he just wished he was LeVar Burton. I really like that that um, that Eric Andre sketch where he's just like he's just like I'm going off now. He just walks off and comes back. He's just topless, fifty five year old topless ripped Lance Reddick wearing the fucking visor from Star Trek doing the uh, the kind of kinty speech. Yeah, um, he's really good in Toys Are Are Me, which is his Funny or Die sketch, oh. where he's just like a really really intense boss in a Toys R Us. It's really funny. Oh, most of them are just pathetic losers. Yeah, most of them are just pathetic losers. Who worked in Toys R Us now? Yeah, but I'm management. I'm talking about. Oh, 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 right. Oh, oh. Yeah, mm. management were the losers in Toys yeah. R Us. Yeah. <laughs> At least I leave the house. That's true. You do leave the house. You got me there. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? What else has happened? I don't know. What does it matter? It doesn't. Oh, Donald Trump got indicted. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. You're going to arrest him, at least. Yeah, they'll arrest him. Again, sex offenders on the right. Crazy. Do you think they're going to hold his head down and bash it on the door as he goes in? Oh, I hope so. Give him a bit more brain damage. He's already fucked mentally, isn't he? Anyway, um, all right, we'll get on to it then. We'll get on to it. What do we do here, Aaron? We review stuff and things. Who's going first this week? I don't know. It's me. Okay. So I'm going to review something very special, Aaron. Oi. I'm going to review something very special. Yeah. Resident Evil 4 Remake. Oh, you're going to do that as the first review? Yeah. Yeah, the big... So Resident Evil 4 Remake came out. You're escalating things after that, yeah. You're so, gonna... yeah. so Resident Evil 4 Remake came out. Yeah. And you know how big a fan I am of Resident Evil, so of course I bought it straight away. Yeah. And then I yeah. rushed yeah. to my local Cinemaplex to go and watch something relating to Resident Evil. It's, of course, John Wick Chapter 4, starring Lance Reddick, okay, who played you... Albert Wesker from what Resident Evil, the Netflix series. Right. He's in it. He's in John Wick 4. Yeah. I saw John Wick 4. I'm going to review John Wick 4. You said you were going to review Resident Evil. No, I was tying before. Resident Evil in. It's it's a theme. You I'm said, creating a you theme. You said your first review was Resident Evil 4. No, I said my first review is, and then I gave the story as to how I came. No, you said your first review is Resident Evil 4. No, I, you you don't understand how to set a scene is the problem. It was it was meant to you be. You sentences. My first review is dot, dot, dot. I recently... Purchased That's Resident Evil not... 4. That wasn't a review. That wasn't me inviting a review of a game. Fucking you man. need to calm down, sir. This is a Wendy's. So John Wick 4. Uh, Lance Reddick's not in it very much. He dies right at the beginning. Spoilers. Um, well, that's because... 
He not because he dies in real life. Oh. No. It's not it's not it's not the game. He's not you don't die in the game if you die for real. Wait. The other way around. Um no, Lance Reddick dies very quickly early on in this because it's like sort of um Bill Skarsgård, it the clown, has gone to the Continental, which is the hotel from the John Wick series, to be like, Hey, you helped John Wick, you dick. And they're like, Yeah, we did. What you do about it? And they go, We're gonna shut this place down, we're gonna fuck everything up. And then John Wick's like, How do I how do I get to the high table so I can take down all these assassins? And they're like, do a bunch of fetch quests, meet Scott Adkins, climb some stairs, mm. fall down those stairs, climb those stairs again, and then have a duel. And yeah, you can, you can, you can take down the high table and maybe die. Spoilers. Um, that's spoiled film. John Wick seen 4. it. He might die. He might die in any film, really, that he's in. Don't spoil the films for people. I didn't spoil it. Oh my what God. part? What part of an intense- Saying may, might. Doesn't stop. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, sorry, Ant. No, sorry, 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 everybody. He will die eventually of old age. Does that make you feel better? Is that a, th- no. that's a more correct statement, isn't it? Anyway, John Wick 4 is pretty good, Ant. It's three fucking hours long, though. But I'll tell you what, it doesn't feel I'll show too you something bad. It's three hours long in a minute. What? What's the game about John Wick? It's, it's good. It's three hours long, but it's good. All right, cool. Um, it's not bad at all. There's a very funny joke. There's actually a joke in a John Wick film. Oh, good. Um, it's, I think it's, I think it's actually like, um, a lot of people have been making the comparison to Hot Rod where he falls down the hill. Mm. I think it's actually pretty apt. Mm. It's quite fun to see. It's weird that there's a joke in the scene that there's in, a joke in. Donnie Yen's in it. Supporter of the China Communist Party, Donnie Yen, CCP. He's like, they're not that bad. And people were like, cancel him. And then he was in a movie. What are you going to, how are you going to cancel Donnie Yen? Kicks. Yeah, you think that's going to be effective? Kicks and punches. Donnie Yen. Yeah, I've watched all his movies. I know his fighting style. Yeah. Yeah. Have you not seen Bulletproof Monk? That's cherry on fat. No, Sean William Scott does the... He watches the movies. Yeah. And learns the martial arts. Oh, yeah. That's how he learns martial arts. Oh. And then cherry on fat's like, you're pretty good at martial arts. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm, at, I am, I'm Sean William Scott. Diamonds and guns, diamonds and guns. Woohoo! Woohoo! Do you remember that song? No, what's that got to do with anything? It was in, it was in, um, Bulletproof Monk. Why are you going about Bulletproof Monk now? Because we're talking about John Wick. Which is technically a sequel to Bulletproof Monk. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, is it? Yeah. 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 You haven't seen the fourth one. You don't know. There's like a little hint. There's like a little hint. He goes, John Wick's like, I better go and get the bulletproof monks involved. Yeah. So they can help me. And then, and then they're like, nah, mate, you gotta do a different quest. And he goes and does a different quest. Alright. Have, you haven't seen it, you don't know. Sean William Scott and Jamie, Jamie, what was her name? Who was the big Jamie in the 2000s? Jamie, not Chung. Uh, Jamie, not Jamie Lynn Spears. I know you were gonna say you mean, that. You mean Jamie King? Jamie King, maybe? Let me have a look. It's definitely Jamie King. Not Jamie Kennedy. No, it's Jamie King. It's Jamie King? Yeah. One sec, Jamie King. How do you not know about Jamie King? What happened to Jamie King? I don't remember. Oh, no, I put in Jamie King. The same thing it... happens to all actresses in, in no, it's not Hollywood. Like they disappear when they it's turn not 30. Jamie. It is. Oh, yeah, it is. Because she's in charge, because she's in fucking Bulletproof Monk. Is she in Bulletproof Monk? Yeah, it says right here. 
Oh, she divorced <laughs> her husband, Carl Newman. That's sad. Is it? She's 43. Hmm. Her first starring movie role was in Bulletproof Monk. See, I told you it was Jamie King. Yeah. Anyway, um, John Wick, pretty good. Pretty good, man. Um, I recommend it if you've seen all the John Wick movies, because obviously, why wouldn't you watch it if you've seen all the other John Wick movies? Uh, Keanu Reeves continues to just be a John Wick. Are you reading someone's review? No, no, I would have done better than them if this was their review. Oh, she was in Escape Plan 2 and Escape Plan 3, The Extractors. There's an Escape Plan 3? Yeah, of course there's an Escape Plan 3. Did you not watch Escape Plan 2? It ends on a cliffhanger. How could they not make a third one? How could they... they... Escape Plan 2 only came out like a week ago or something. No, it came out like five years ago, man. It wasn't that long. Yeah, it was. You've got to get on top of the Escape Plan series. It is a thrilling journey into the subculture of prison life and escaping prison. No, prison. It's not the one where people get put in the rooms and they have to... No, that's Escape Room. Oh. My God! No, Escape Room 1 and 2, and Escape Room 2 has a subtitle, Tournament of Champions. What are you talking about this for? We were talking about John Wick. John Wick 1 is the story of an assassin. No, wait, what are you doing? You've confused me. John Wick 4 is the story of an assassin. No, wait, that's John Wick 4. Anyway, yeah. It's the same as all the other fucking movies. There's like a silly little cabal of people. Like, everybody's just fucking running around being assassins. Sometimes you think that you're seeing normal people and they're just more assassins. Um, it's better than two, which I think is the worst one. You're the worst one. I like one, three, and four. Two, I didn't like very much. Um, I rewatched three cry. before watching this, and that scene at the beginning where he's got the axes and the knives and stuff, and he's got the gun he has to build from all the parts. Really fun, just fun times. Um, but yeah, I give John Wick. I'm gonna give it a Helen Mirren. Give it a Helen She's Mirren. not in John Wick four though. Yes, yeah, she is, because it's tied to the Fast and Furious franchi- franchise. He goes to Vin Diesel and he says, can I be part of your Mafamilia? They say, no, you've got to do a quest. Mm. And he goes, I'll go do a quest. And he does a different quest. Yeah. It's all about joining a family. So why would they not have Bulletproof Monk and Fast Fam? Paul Walker's there. Paul Walker's there. Yeah. They brought him back. They don't bring him back. He's just frozen in carbonite. No. Yeah. Because of, of Fast and Furious 9, where they went to space. Yeah. He got frozen in carbonite. Right. Darth Vader did it. Do you not watch the Fast and Furious movies? And your pop culture knowledge is fucking terrible. Ludacris, Paul Walker, Lucas Black. Ludacris. Ludahoo? Ludacris. Ludahoo? Chris. Ludahoo? Luda! Have you got any actual critical evaluations of John Wick 4 to... It's three hours long, man. It's too long for an action movie. It's not Terminator 2, and that was only two, hour, two hours 45 minutes long, the Cyber... Terminator 2 is not that long. The Cyber Dine Cut, or whatever it is, is. Uh, <coughs> the longest version is two hours 20, something. I thought it was like two hours 13 was the director's cut, and then uh, two hours 43 is the Cyber Dine Cut. Longer. There's only like a couple of minutes each time. Well, maybe it's 23 then. Anyway, never mind. Uh, John Wick 4 is okay. It's not going to set the world on fire. <laughs> but, I mean, maybe, maybe, you know... People who enjoy it. I mean, they hope so when they make a film, don't they? They they hope they hope some people. Will I'm enjoy sorry, it. you're acting like like you haven't seen any of the DC movies. <laughs> you watched Black Adam not long ago. You're like, oh, I think they made this movie for people to enjoy. No, they didn't. They did not. No, they think they're going to make one pe- film that people enjoy. Did they? No one sets out to make a bad film. Did they not? Apart from Red Letter Media, but they. <coughs> Because I mean, I'm pretty sure Space Cop. I'm pretty sure they intended to make Black Adam bad as like a tax write-off. You reckon? They could have just cancelled it like they did Batgirl. 
which I've seen footage of just to let everyone know I have actually seen clips of Batgirl. No one, no one's interviewing me about it, you know? What I thought You're of the a clips. review, Ant. You're a review, Ant. Right, I haven't got much to review, though. Well, sing, well, talk about something. I was going to say sing something, but that's my next review. Anyway, um, let's let's talk about a music act. Okay, what music act? The Northern Boys. Oh, for fuck's sake. You don't mean that. You love You're them. only a few few months behind with the trends, aren't you? They only just released a new single the other day. Oh, yeah, okay. Shut your tits. Northern Boys, Patrick Carney Jr., Norman and Kev, who dances. Yeah. Uh, a bunch of Northerners who rap the most... Apparently, I've been told... Their genre is drill. Okay. I don't know what drill is. I thought it was rap. No. They're obviously more on the button than I am. Well, it's like spoken word is like drill. Is it? Yeah. Is is it? Is it? Is it? Yeah. Is is it a real thing? It's not a real thing. It is. It's just rap. No, drill is like a real thing. Fucking <sighs> fuck off, is it? Because rap is like always to a tune, but drill is like they're just speaking. They just do it in time. That's poetry. No, it's, it's drill. That's Beat poetry. It's drill. It's fucking beat it's poetry. It's drill music, man. It's fucking doom, 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 doom. So the hip hop that originated in Chicago in the early 2010s is sonically similar to trap music genre and lyrically similar to... Trap? What the fuck are you on about? Hip hop. Yeah. <coughs> anyway, if you want to hear a bunch of old people, they are old. I don't mean to be mean, but they're all about 70 years old. Um, I think Patrick Carney Jr. is 74. Yeah. Um, they rap about like how sad and miserable their life is, but they just you just got to get on with it because they might die any minute. So why not? Just yeah. you know, it's that wisdom of age where you've just like gone, fuck it, whatever. Who knows if you're going to see tomorrow? So they just embrace the amount of drugs they claim they do, and uh. All that, but what's really nice about it is that they're upbeat about it. It's like they're going through the same existential crises that a sixteen-year-old would go through, worrying about what women think of them, and you know how pathetic they might be, and all this sort of stuff. But they're embracing it rather than letting it drag them down. See, there's a level of intelligence when when Norman says, "Can I spaff on your boo blaze?" It's okay if you say no. That shows a level of maturity that a sixteen-year-old would probably struggle with. Because he's like, you know, he understands consent. Whereas a 16-year-old might struggle with it a little bit. He might not understand that as well, you know? Um, You know, when he says, no need to drive, I just drop to my hands and knees and crawl like a beetle. Um, May not be the most effective way to do your weekly shop, but he's, you know, he's he's doing what he can to get by, you know? Good, Good for them. Shout out to their mate Paul lent them this tripod. Oh yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just it's just fun stuff. It's, you know, I like this sort of thing. I like it when people are having when you get British regional humour that's like couldn't be done in America. Americans couldn't pull this off. Maybe the Beastie Boys when they get really old. Yeah, but one well, of them's there's dead. Only, there's only two. Well, one two. Of, two of them are dead now. No, only one of them. There's only one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Only Adam Adam Yelch is dead. I thought one of the other ones died of cancer recently. No, it was a few years ago. It's only just two, okay. two left. Okay. Kids today. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's you know there's, there's like this sort of stuff. It's got it's like Cunt and the Gang, where you know he's got a very sort of silly puerile sense of humour to him. You know, 
I want more of that stuff. There's too much of a serious bollocks going on nowadays. Yeah. Um, it's also just the fact that they're like usually in music, whenever someone's talking about stuff that you know depresses you, they either treat it as like a terrible thing that makes them feel so much pain, and they must produce art from it, you know, and that they have to make it the most morose, deep thing ever. Whereas these guys are just like, fuck it, moving on, next verse. Fucking get your muffs out, you know? Do you want to make love to a sad old man? (laughs) Party time, get your muffs out. Do you want to make love to a sad old man? Yeah, no, it's party time, get your drugs out. If you want to make love, get your muffs out. Mm -hmm. It's party time, get your drugs out. Do you want to make love to a sad old man? That's how it goes. But they're lyrical wordsmiths. This is the beautiful lyrics. Um, What was it? What was that? Mine party time was just great big balls, they dragged me down. <laughs> Beautiful stuff. Um I prefer stuff like this to like you know how you used to get lots of the offensive songs? When when I was a kid you used to get lots of Kevin Bloody Wilson and stuff like that. And when you listen back to them nowadays, you're like they're trying to be offensive and they're trying to get they're trying to be like, oh life's all rough and we're all cool because we say what we like. But really what they're doing is being racist and homophobic. Mm-hmm. Whereas this thing is like Northern boys are like incredibly inclusive in their lyrics. They're very self-deprecating rather than aiming for other people. Yeah, but they got like their lyrics about like um, you know one one time for the ladies, one time for the men, one time for everyone in between. Yes, you gotta love them. <laughs> like hats off to you. The the video for um, give it to me has Norman in a dress the whole way through it, and he's got that bit at the end of it. Like, this is a video of me expressing myself. If you don't like that, you can fuck off. <laughs> Um, good for them, but you know, I just like they've they've got it down. They've got you know all the locations for the music video, like a middle of a field, friggin' a bowls green and a bingo hall, <laughs> like perfect, perfect for that sort of thing. But um, yeah, this this is the sort of thing I want to see people make it. It's the first time I've heard any British rap in years that actually sounded like it had some life behind it. Yeah, because just fucking, I think streets broke rap years ago. Well, we had that moment when Godly Looking Chain tried to bring it back. Yeah. But and Godly Looking Chain were another band that were like very self-deprecating. They, you get the same sort of feeling from... You can tell a bunch of them started Northern thinking, boys. we could be big though. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think Northern Boys are... Um, no, they're not aiming to be big. They know they'll be dead by the next tour. So. Yeah. I don't think they want to renew their passports. <laughs> no. So they just want to tour the UK. Yeah. Might as well get, get they do. wasted. So there's like a few different bands they remind me of, like the Rubber Bandits were the other ones. Do you remember those guys? Well, the guys who robbed the house in um, Home Alone. No, these were like a group of That's rappers. That's the Wet Bandits. The, these were the rappers with the plastic bags over their heads. Oh, that's they dangerous. Horse Outside. It's dangerous, you shouldn't do that. Do you remember that. the song they played, Your Horse Outside? Fuck your Mitsubishi, got a horse outside. And fuck your Subaru, I've got a horse outside. It's really good. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, but they they are a similar sort of thing. It's just like really highly energised comedy but that works really well. And like, as you say, with this yeah, stuff... I'm telling it like it is, though. Like, a lot of the songs, they like, they're just samples. Like, they've just sampled a ton of music like any other rapper would. But they've just taken these incredibly, like, infectious lyrics and just put old men rapping over it. It's great. And Kevin dancing. And Kevin dancing. Kevin does not rap, everyone. You see him mumbling along every now and again. He's, yeah. His lips... He's, he doesn't move his lips. He tries. Bless him. There's a video where he's thanking people for watching his video, and it's just got Patrick whispering to him, saying, "Thank you for the three hundred views. Thank you for the three hundred thousand views." Is he is he wrong in the head? Is he broken? He's just not used to it. It's, it's a new scene for Kevin. 
He doesn't get like these computer things as kids use. No. Um, He's got that suit though he got from um, like Burton's 20 years it's ago. so fucking big on him. No, that's what a suit should be for a person his age. That's true. <clears throat> you want to have one decent suit for when you're in the coffin. Um, um, yeah, I just, I, just like, I just like it. This is a fresh and exciting thing. I think most rap music nowadays is incredibly like self-obsessed and there's so much of it where it's just like Look at how great I am and how brilliant my money is. And Yeah, it's a very ego-driven yeah. ego driven sort of exploit normally. And this is anti-ego. This yeah. is like frigging just, well, they're being dragged down by the big old balls. But this is good. It's good. It's good. It's good. You know? Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It's good. Do you remember Roots Maneuver was good? Roots Maneuver? Yeah, Roots Maneuver. His first album was really good stuff. It was like proper like... You know, sing, rapping about like stuff going on in council. Like, he had that witness, the fitness. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that, fucking yeah. legend. And then he just sort of his albums just got super produced after that, really glossy sounding and stuff. It's kind of lost it to me. Do you know what song I had stuck in my head the other day that just like popped out of nowhere? Do you remember the rapper Plan B? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember that song like Always Stay Too Long? Uh, it's like Always Stay Too Long. It's like a really like B. upbeat, really upbeat like song, and it's got like some rapping in it. Um, but I remember, stuck remember the streets. Is he, a, is, he, is, he, is he a rapist? Did he sexually assault someone? I think he did something. Plan B. Let's quickly Google him before I praise him too much. But, um, remember the streets? Yeah, I remember the yeah, streets. Yeah, I've got one of them out, one of his albums. I remember one time one of the guys at work, he was crying a lot because his girlfriend dumped him. And so he got sent home. And as he left, the streets started playing. going, dry your eyes, mate. As <laughs> he's leaving. Uh, I found that really, really funny. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Northern Boys, uh, go see him on tour. They tour him. If you want to see him rap to a backing track, then you can. What are you looking at now? I was just quickly finding out what's it's happened to him. It's time for your review, though. You've got, uh, <coughs> you've got to go really quick, because you've got time. It's party time, get your butt. So, like, um, I've been watching a lot of high-quality TV. Oh. A lot of, like, really elevated stuff. You know, I've been watching some, just some of the classics. And you know, like, when you sort of set yourself, set yourself a goal and you say, I'm going to watch all of for the first time. You watch Space Precinct 2040. So I've started watching Charmed. The original or the remake? The, the original. Re- the original. I accidentally started watching the, the remake. Mm. Not very good. So I had to download the Charmed from the original Charmed. So I started watching that. I haven't got through season one yet, so I'm not going to review it yet. No. But I oh, did, well, let's waste time talking about that then. I did go see the Great British Bake Off musical. Oh, that's related. Because it's charming. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your face is utter disdain for me in that one moment. He plays Noel Fielding. He's not in it. What? All right, anyway, so let me let me explain this to you, right? So, Liv Loves Musicals, right? So... We're going to go see some musicals. And so I was looking online. These real prestigious ones like um, Shrek, the musical. Yeah. So I was oh. looking online and uh, just a, like there was a bunch just of stuff. Hamilton. I might actually go see Hamilton. Apparently it's really good. Um, so get your fucking dick out your ear and shut up. <laughs> Everyone knows the only good musical is Little Shop Horrors. Little Shop Horrors is amazing. And, and I will Dead talk about that at some point. But shush. Evil Dead the musical. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen some large bits. Of oh, right, yeah. No, I, I can't I don't find go to a fucking theatre. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Sorry. So I went to go see the Great British Bake Off musical in the theatre. And, um, and 
it is a confusing mess of mismatched ideas and <clears throat> lofty ambitions which it fails to live up to. But in terms of being like a twee musical, but you've got to say you liked it because otherwise um, Liv will be upset that you. No, nope, that's not the that, case. No? no, that's not the case. Right, <laughs> Liv loves musicals. I don't need to love musicals. Okay, I just need to go to the musicals and enjoy them, and like, and she can enjoy them, and I get enjoyment by proxy. <laughs> so, like, they're really talented. All the people that are in it, and it is just the story of eight people being in the Great British Bake Off. And like progressing through the show, and like they have all the the stereotype shit that's in that show. So it's like soggy bottom stuff. They mention those. Oh, the Hollywood handshakes. They mention that shit all the time, uh, but they don't use the Wait, names of the like actual people. Doing Hollywood handshakes. Yeah. Do you not know this? Do you not know what a Hollywood handshake is? Where's a Hollywood handshake? That's like when, when you jack some off. When you like, yeah, you, you just jack off the producer or shag the producer to get your film made. I didn't know there was a name for what I was doing yeah. on the weekends. Uh, he didn't get anything made. No, I know. They keep tricking me. Yeah. Um, they mostly appear quite homeless as well, which I think maybe I'm looking in the wrong area for these producers. Well, Harvey Weinstein has lost everything. So. <laughs> <clears throat> Good one. I like it. Um, anyway, so um, so it's a story of eight bakers, one of which is like a sub who who is only on the show... <laughs> what show is this? It's a sub. Oh, it's a sub dom joke. Yeah, yeah. And, and playing to our BDSM audience. Yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, one of them is like a like a substitution character because, you know, the person who was meant to be in the show that year dropped out. This is all within the context of the show. It's not like in terms of the cast of the show. That's the storyline. There's this girl who's who is she doesn't feel like she's special. She joins it and she she has like a her song is is like I'm looking for the ingredient in me. Alright. They all have like a little song. Um, and they will have little moments. So anyway, so it's just the story of the show and these eight characters, and they're like sort of trying to win the show. And as the show goes on, some of them get kicked off because they don't do very well, and then other ones. And it turns out one of them might be like sabotaging some of the other bakers. <gasps> so she's like in it and stuff. But like swapping out their self-raising flour for plain flour. No, swapping out like uh, a propane tank with like a petrol canister. And a butane, but it's bad. Yeah. Butane's a bastard gas. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, Bobby. <laughs> um, what do you want? <laughs> gas, gas, Bobby. I fucking lose my mind. All right, so the Great British Bake Off. Right, so yes, yeah, these eight characters are going on this journey. They all grow and discover things about themselves. But it is so. First of all, this feels like the musical was like just odds and ends that someone picked up off the floor and chucked in there because. There are themes and songs in this that I don't think the Great British Bake Off show can, like actually deals it's with. If you've been watching it, it's very I dramatic. I have. So this is another point I've made. So I saw this musical two weeks ago, and I have been watching the Great British Bake Off to try and work out what the fuck that show is actually about normally. Um, For those in America, it's called the Great British Cooking Show. Is that is it really? Yeah. Oh, that's dog shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I'd, they changed the name for some reason. Who fucking cares? So, right. When are we going to get our Deep Fried Masters musical? I want season two. If anyone has access to Deep Fried Masters season two, can you send it to us? Because season one was... <clears throat> someone died during that show. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's the one thing we've ever agreed on when it comes to a show is how good Deep Fried Masters were. We watched that for two hours before we recorded a podcast one week. Oh, 
Classic television. So good. So good. Send us season two. Um, so yeah, so here's, here's some of the themes of this. So you've got, um, one person has lost their wife and they think that getting out on the show after three years of being, you know, without their partner might bring them out of their shell and might help them find love. Spoilers. It's with the girl is a substitution. Yeah. Substitution. Oh, right. So she's he's a, de- he's she a was replacing someone. He was a dom. She's a son. No, I was... Is that when I... She was replacing someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he's not a leather daddy. No. Um, one character has a song about the fact that she can't have children. In the Great British Bake Off musical, there is a song which contains the line, grow, 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 bun in the oven. <laughs> it is... It is... It is sort of drama you go to watch but it's just a real human drama that people That is nowhere to be seen in the actual programme. They should do a version of it where um there's the musical going on. Yeah. But the actual show is the goggle box musical. Yeah, oh okay. That's watching it. And like yeah. every so often they like change the channel. Yeah. And then like new people come onto the screen and start doing stuff. Yeah. And they're like, this is terrible. And then the one one of them dies mid season. One of them dies mid season watching yeah. Deep Fried Masters. Where someone also dies on Deep Fried Masters is cursed. Yeah. That's why you can't watch season two. Um, there's another person who defeats racism through baking. Yeah, that's happened. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's the thing. There's yeah, that's that's one of the weirder plots. So there's a kid who mentions to the lady who can't have children, like he's like he's like I don't really feel like I belong because I'm not actually British. I was born in Syria, but I came over here when I was a young child and I couldn't fit in. But then I started baking for my for my friends, and they were all like, Oh yeah, you're right. You offer something to the group. <laughs> Oh, off something to the country, yeah. and then and then like because at the beginning he's introduced. He's one of the best. One of the best. He, at the beginning, he's introduced as 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 um, from London, but at the end, because he's in the final three, they're like, and then also from Syria, and they're like, oh, I defeated racism. Oh, well done. Uh, it's dog shit. They don't tell you who the winner is. Don't they? No. Oh. So you don't find out who the winner is in this fictional version of a show. They don't tell you who won the fictional sh- version of the show. Do Why? Of the plate, the, the trophy, the prize. No, they don't give it to anyone. Uh, they don't tell you who wins. And also, there's something weird about the tro- trophy. What was it? I remember. I don't know. There's something about the trophy on Great British Bake Off where it's like there's some digital effects they did to it. I don't fucking care. Oh, because they call it Great British Cooking Show in America, oh. they had to remove where it says Great British Bake Off on the trophy oh. with digital effects. Because they didn't want them getting confused in America, because like that's fucking weird. Just but, yeah, there's a ca- I think there's a Captain Disillusion episode about it. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> the woman who can't have kids. They have like a little moment at the end where everybody gets to talk about where they are after the show, mm. and she, this fictional character, is quite easily like you're quite easily able to give this person a happy ending, and it wouldn't affect the quality of your dog shit play. To go, just go like, we're expecting a baby. Like a nice little send-off and like a little bow on her storyline. Be like, she didn't win the competition. But like, there you go. She's happy. She's And like, then she's like, we're still trying. And I was like, why are you doing this to these fictional characters in the great British Bake Off musical? What? Just the sort of struggles British people go through. <laughs> it's like, this isn't hard hitting. Who plays Sandy Toskvig? Who? Who plays Sandy Toskvig? Who? You know the woman who... I don't think she presents it anymore, but she used to. You know the one who did QI for a while after Stephen Fry left? Oh, yeah. She was the presenter of 
Great British Bake Off. No, it's just like two randos. It's not like none of this is tied to any of the actual characters. Hollywood. They've only got the names of the show. Yeah. So the people that the judges are called like Phil Hollyhurst. Oh. And like Pam. Paul Hollywood. No, it's it's Phil Hollyhurst in the musical. They purposely can't call them the names of the characters in the show. They don't seem to have the rights, despite the fact that this is written by five of the producers of the show. It's probably wouldn't better if it was a Mighty Boosh production. Oh my god! It's like okay, so here's here's like Noel Fielding there. Here's some positive things I can say about it. As much as I didn't enjoy some of the songs, because there's like a specific song about from the Pam woman that doesn't need to be in there. There's another song by one of the older contestants who's in love with Paul Hollywood, or at least the fake version of Paul Hollywood that doesn't need to be there. Like there's a lot of like guff and fluff but the the songs that actually involve the like the cast and like the the some of the like solo stuff really good and despite the fact that i didn't need a song about a woman being unable to conceive in a great british bake-off musical her song is very well sung yeah she's a great performer and like here's the thing about musical theater as well it's the first time i've been to see a musical in a very long time it's easy to get swept up in the energy of the place, but there was also a lot of moments where I would stop and just absent-mindedly, like, be like, "What did I just hear?" Like, where my brain was just catching up to like to like a line that just appeared in the musical that just came out of nowhere. Um, there was one good joke that got me. Mm. So there's a moment. So one of the one of the contestants, the the single father who lost his wife three years ago, is looking for love. Uh- Thing his, that happens. His little girl strong. is on the set, and the Matt Lucas character is walking off with like a big tray of cake. Baker. Pardon? Accidentally baker. No, he's walking oh. off with this like big thing of cupcakes and like taking it off stage. And the little girl goes, Oh, can I have one? And then this very camp and effeminate person throughout the rest of the play suddenly has a very deep voice and goes, Not now, child. These must be saved for later. And then just walks off. And it came out of nowhere. And I was like, I was like, fantastic. What is this? Like, more of that, please. More obscure weirdness. And like, it was just, it was just funny. It was just, that was the funny part. But the rest of it, like, kind of without humour. Like, the humour came from... And, like, Liv, she enjoys musicals and she enjoyed this show, but, like, it was a bad musical. She specifically said, like, that is a bad musical, but, like... She loves musicals. It's no West Side Story. No, no. Um, but like 2021. You know, like I said, it was it 20? wasn't expensive. It's a limited run play. It's something that like did well a few years ago when they had like a summer run. Everyone in it is trying. It's just a case of it's a bad. It's musical. by P- Pippa Cleary. Who? It's by Pippa Cleary. Who? She's, she's the person who wrote it. Who wrote what? It was did she wrote? Pippa Cleary. I don't know. Which, Do you not know no what she wrote? You just know her name. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I don't. Oh, I'm just trying. To, Wikipedia. I'm just trying to make sure I make it sound like I know what I'm talking about. Oh right, because you like musicals. Yeah, uh, you fucking liar. You fucking liar. My favorite musical is. Um, you just said it. That like episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, great one. <laughs> Once more with Feeling. Yeah. Or that episode of Flash. Yeah. <laughs> Supergirl crossover. Yeah. So this premiered in Cheltenham in 2022. Yeah. Announced it's the yeah. West End run. Yeah. Yeah, and it's been going, it started from February 25th and it's on a 12-week run. If anyone's interested in musicals, then just give it a go. It's Welcome to the Father Ted musical. <laughs> That's a great question. Should we talk about that? No, not yet. Um, I do know something about that. Pardon? I do know something about that. What's that? Well, the people who were making it tried to pay Graham Linehan off to leave the production. Yeah, to remove his name from it. Yeah, and then because he wouldn't, they just they stopped just doing it. it, yeah. <laughs> um, 
And then he was like, I'm going to get it done by myself. And then no one will, no one will do it. No one will work with him. They don't want to work with him. Um, so in preparation for this, I went on a bit of a deep dive and I watched The Great British Bake Off a lot. Watched about seven or eight oh, so hours. You're milking at this point. two reviews out of this. Shut the fuck up. I'm sorry. I'm it's going to be a separate review. I'm sorry. No, it's not. So the show is nothing like this musical. They're like, there are like interpersonal dramas. They have little moments, but there's no like, they don't have like shit like in the music. Songs. No, they don't have songs. Um, like in the musical, there's only eight contestants. In the actual show, there's 12. Like that's fine. For time, you have to like reduce down. Because you don't want people sitting in the cinema for seven hours. Well, sometimes you do have to do reduction. Um, just let it simmer for a little while longer. Keep it stirred so it doesn't burn. Making a jus, are you? Yeah. Making a jus. Yeah, a jus. Making a roux. A roux. Um, a roux. <laughs> but, um, it, like, the show itself is just super tweet. Like, it is saccharine sweet. Like, they have little introductions for Much the show. Like those cupcakes. Yeah. They, they have inter- you, you see what I was doing there with the pun work I was doing. It, like, like, they just have little character moments where they're like, oh, he's gay and he's from Poland. He uses his mum's recipes. And then, like, he's cooking. Or it's like, she has seven grandkids and cooks for her grandkids. And it's her cooking. And it's like, he is working from a book of recipes that he is formulating. No one can hear you when you whisper. Just normalize this shit. You can't, there's only so much to do. You have to freaking. <laughs> So, like, it's just, like, they have little character intros. They're always, like, sweet little, like, five seconds, and then they're in. The only time you get more story is the Stand Up to Cancer version, which I also watched a bunch of, which they have, like, little stories about people that have struggled with cancer. Um, And it's, like, and that's very, that's very moving. And, like, that is, like, but those people aren't in the show. Those are people's stories to, like, help them drum up donations to go towards the charity. And it's just, it's so weird that they've decided to do... Great British Bake Off, add in these interpersonal dramas, obviously to drum up some sort of some sort of storyline other than the actual show con- itself. We've got a conflict. But then, like, to not have the show it's named after be, like, a massive factor in, like, the whole story. Because that ending is so frustrating. Like, the series never ends with them going, no one's won this year, they pick a winner. Like, it's a competition. Like, kind of the appeal is just, like, this whole entity, and you're only getting a fraction of that in the musical because they're so focused on shoehorning in these songs that don't seem to belong. you decide who wins. That's what you talk about afterwards. Whose cake was the best? Get fucked. Yeah. Give me an ending. That's the most fun people no, have. That's lazy fucking writing is what People that like that with Great British Critical reception. Mixed to positive reviews. That's bullshit. All right, so the songs... What is the name? What is the one that's actually called? Somewhere in the Dough is the one about the girl trying to find find out what Maybe part she is can't missing. Have. No, that's another one. I'm just quickly trying to find it now. Well, it's only got two acts. Yeah. See, there's a finale. Grow. Grow by Francesca is the one about her not being able to have kids. Bab's Lament is the one where she's talking about trying to fuck <laughs> Phil Hollyhurst or Paul Hollywood's character. Bab's um, Lament. Yeah, Bab's Lament. And then Keep On Keeping On is Pam, which is the one that's nothing to do with a bake-off. It's just about, it's just a song about the phrase keep on carrying, keep, keep on keeping on. It's just bollocks. It's like, a lot of that shit is just, it's just crap. Like, do better. Um, did you see this at the Noel Coward Theatre? I did, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, why? That's what it says on Wikipedia. It's what's on, what's about Noel Coward? I just say it's on the no, oh, Noel Coward Theatre. For a second, I thought it was like a rapist or something. Oh, I know where that is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've, I've done that. Yeah, that's down in Covent Garden, yeah, yeah. Um, in the city of West, in Westminster. It's, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And 
Well, St. Martin's Lane, that's for you. Uh, you get off at Leicester Square. The train station you get off at, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, and um, it's not very good. I had a lot of fun because I went with Liv. Liv likes musicals. I had a, I had a, I had a whiskey Coke or a vodka Coke and it was pretty good. Um, but the, the show itself, lacklustre, um, and just, it felt a bit like the greatest showman musical, the end of the movie, where only one of the songs is actually written for that show. It's the one where it's, um, Hugh Jackman. Well, he goes, this is the greatest show. No, that wasn't written for that show. What? That was that, like, all the songs from the great, the greatest showman were just like other songs written by people for other musicals. That never made the cut, yeah, so I just chucked him in there and reworked it. No. And then, like, there's one song which Some musicals, is a lot of musicals the other there, side, yeah. the other side. That's the the one that Hugh Jackman and what's his name, Zac Efron sing. That's the only one that's written for that film, which is fucking weird. And I didn't realize that happened in musicals, but apparently yeah. it happens all but the time. Make whole musicals out of just freaking yeah someone's back catalogue of songs, basically string yeah. them together. Yeah. We will rock you. The Michael does that Michael Jackson one, wasn't there? And there's the Mamma Mia. The Michael Jackson one. What you mean, Trial of the Century? No, there was the Michael Jackson one. Yeah, which was like, it was just like like We Will Rock You, but for Michael Jackson. Do you remember Rock of Ages? Yeah, bad. Yeah, bad. Um, but yeah, um, I don't recommend it. Like, remember Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors is great. The stage show or the Matthew? Just the film is a fantastic film. Perfect uh, what's film. The name, what's the name of the game? Mick, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis. You're a Rick, Rick Moranis. Moranis. Rick Moranis and Bill Murray and Steve Martin. Danny John Jules is in that film. Who? Danny John Jules. Who? Cat from Red Dwarf. Who? The guy who plays Cat in Red Dwarf. I don't know what you're talking about. He's in Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, you're talking about one of the Night Stalkers from Blade 2? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of the Night Stalkers from Blade Name 2. Name something so people know. Yeah. What did you say before? What was the other thing you said? Red Dwarf. I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. Do you remember who was in? Who else was in Blade Two? No. Luke Goss from Ross. It, Luke Goss is in every Guillermo del Toro film. Yeah, but when I was a kid, I had Bross records. Did you have Bross jeans? No, my brother had Bross jeans. No loser. No, he wasn't a loser. They were the coolest <laughs> thing in the world. Bross. I owe you nothing. nothing it's got to all. be. That's not Bross. Oh. Perfect. I had a bunch of their songs on vinyl. Yeah, because you were cool, yeah? Yeah, because I was like... They were Luke, the in excess for English Luke people. Goss is going to be... He's going to be a vampire one a day. A vampire one day, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nishé. A bash in In excess for British people. Yeah. Like Depeche Mode. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun. This is fun. Your review, Ant. Right, um, uh, there's three more episodes of Transformers <coughs> Earth Go Spark. Then. Go on then, talk about that shit. The three episodes are fun. Oh, yeah? The first one, um, they had a bear. They Right, so it's the mum's birthday party. Yeah. They spent a bit of time at the start of the episode going on about, um, you know, she's got no leg and talking about, because she's, she's got a leg missing from the Transformers war, she lost a leg. Oh, right. Um, and she gets a new prosthetic leg. Yeah. But it feels a bit different. It's like, okay. And it's a birthday party and everyone's getting presents and Twitch, the one this well, this one here, Twitch, I've got a visual aid for you. That's Twitch. Um, she was worried because she didn't have a present for her. Mm. So she went out and her brother said, Oh, you know, get a, a cuddly bear. And she's thinking, you know, he obviously he's thinking, you know, like a toy, a cuddly bear, you know, like a, a stuffed bear. A toy. You know? A cuddly, cuddly bear. 
So she goes out to the woods and brings a baby bear home, like a live one. And it leads to the whole episode is them getting chased by a, a mama bear that's quite angry. That maybe have consumed some weird toxic waste dropped in the <laughs> dropped in the woods by the evil organisation ghost. Who isn't? I mean, they're not supposed to know they're evil. They're, they're evil. But um, it turns a bear into a mutant bear and it has tentacles come out. It's quite horrific, actually. Um, like there's like a big old eye turns up on the top of its head and these tentacles come up and start dragging people around and sort of trying to eat them and stuff. Quite horrific for a kid's show. Um, but that's, that's just, just fun stuff. And that's one thing that's quite nice with Transformers Earth Spark is that it's not all like Autobots versus Decepticons. It's, you know, it's not always like... Oh, what's Megatron up to this week? I mean, it's not not like that anyway, because Megatron's one of the good guys in this show. But um, it it has room to do wacky adventures, and that's that's nice. That's different from a lot of Transformers stuff, because you know it's like you like you don't get that on cartoons often. They usually stick to one thing. This is more like it's got a little bit of Steven Universe to it, where one episode would just be absolute nonsense, mm. which is good. Um, the second episode is like that they put out. Um, the hell of a lot of um, backstory stuff going on. It's Megatron takes the kids to um, this memorial for where the final battle took place that ended the Autobot War, the Autobot Decepticon War on Earth, um, where they destroyed the space bridge. And you see a little bit of a flashback of it, and the kids are reenacting it. And Megatron's a bit sort of like, you know, that day was like one of the toughest days of my life because he helped Optimus Prime. He, you know, turned his back on the Decepticons. And their plan was to throw the Allspark into the space bridge, block the space bridge, so the Allspark will get sent back to Cybertron. On Cybertron, those people could be all nice and prosperous again. Hopefully, you know, any conflicts they have back on Cybertron will end. Now they'll have the Allspark back. And the space bridge will be gone, which will mean that the Decepticons can't go back to Cybertron and mess it up anymore. Oh. It was his, that was their plan, basically. So just trap them on Earth and fuck everyone else. Well, trap them on Earth so they can't, so they've got no reason to keep fighting get rid of the Allspark but the way it plays out is that Megatron isn't actually sure if the Allspark made it it's like he made this decision to join the Autobots and you know turn his back on the Decepticon cause he had started because it was going you know it was losing its way and becoming too sort of you know it was trying to take over Earth and all that sort of stuff Um, and you know he's not entirely sure if it even worked what they were doing which is kind of an interesting thing there's a little bit of doubt in him and I quite like that because the way they've done Megatron, it reminds me a lot of um, what they did with Megatron in the comics in More Than Meets the Eye, where um, you know he's got this whole thing where he tries to do good and then gradually, through working with you know the Autobots and stuff like that, he starts to see just how much damage he did do and how far he went from his original goal of creating a life where you know the, the Transformers can choose what they what they live, get away from a functionalist society, which is what they had. But um, that episode's really nice. Shockwave's in it. I like Shockwave. He's a bit. He's they've done him good because he's like proper classic Decepticon. Mm. And you get to see Megatron having a big old fight with him, showing that he is committed to being a good guy now. Um, they even worked in the more than meets the eye element. I really liked was when there's more than meets the eye is one where they find this planet where there's this guy who apparently he whenever an auto a transformer dies, he goes over and he takes a log from their mind to find out who they killed oh. and it plants a flower around their statue yeah because he's got statues on this planet of every, every every transformer and it plants a flower for every person they killed and you see like a couple of flowers around Hot Rods 1 and stuff like that and all this sort of thing um, and it led up to Megatron 
like driving off because he couldn't find his statue and he eventually finds it in the middle of this massive open field that's nothing but blue flowers for miles no. as far as you can see because he's killed millions and billions yeah. of people and it's just left like a poppy field and he's just like ah fuck that's where he realises that maybe he went a bit too far um, but they added a little bit of that into this there was, you saw the Allspark cube monument they had there and there's these little blue energon flowers glowing on them and they say that yeah they flowers that grow after someone after a transformer dies and it's like, you know, you can see Megatron's like, yeah, yeah, I'll cause that. Shit. Hmm. But um, that was a nice episode. And then the last episode they did was a two-parter where the um, the kids and their new Transformer friends, who are all like, you know, Terrans, yeah. are on a, on a field trip. Is Terran like a racist word for humans? You're right. No, Terran's what they call the the um, Transformers that are born on Earth. Oh. But they, um, they go to Philly for Cheese a weekend. Steak. And in, along the way, there's some people spot them and try to drag them into an underground fighting ring <gasps> that's being run by a villain. Yeah. With some description, it's, it's Mandroid. Mandroid's back. The guy's got, he's got his head here. Um, is Mandroid a man or a droid? He's part, he's, he's a bit of both. Bit oh, of both. okay. Yeah. Did, was he ever human? Yeah, yeah. But he's just basically replaced parts of himself with droid parts. Oh, weird. Hence becoming Mandroid. Does he have like any specific powers that he can use to? Well, now he's got big robot guns on his arms. Okay, but yeah. how big? Because he's a human still, right? Well, human sized. Yeah, so his arms are really big. Yeah, with with a bit of with a bit of artistic license to make him scale down a bit, because obviously you can't have him have twenty foot long arms. I mean, That'd be weird. He'd look like one of those animorphs toys. Um, oh, but um, yeah, Grimlock's in that episode, which is quite nice, quite fun. Who's like, Grimlock? It's Grimlock. Who's Grimlock? You know Grimlock? No. The one who's Grim- called Grimlock. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they find Bumblebee and they help him out. And then, like, Ghost Bandroid hacks into one of the... There's one of them called Hashtag. She can connect to internet and do all sorts of internet stuff. She's quite cool. I like her. She's really, like, a tall, big one in the group. Is this like that character podcast who had a podcast in the film? Well, in Ghostbusters? No. No, because she's not intolerable. Oh, okay. Um... But no, she the android hacks into her and tries to take control of her and there's this whole, you know, the group's fighting her but they try not to hurt her and everything and they want to break her free of the mind control when in her head she's getting taunted by Mandroid and all this. This is a good two-part episode. It was, well, they put it in one part, but whatever. But um, no, really, really good stuff. I'm liking Transformers Earth Spark a lot. I don't know how many more episodes there are. See this one. I'm figuring there's quite a few more because you know, I'm feeling, well, at least one more arc left. Because this episode ends with the whole, you know, bit of a plot twist to reveal what's going on, what's coming up next. Um, but I'd, I'd like to see him, like, commit to not having Megatron turn back evil. Keep, keep him as a good guy. Because, you know, at the end of the day, what kind of genocidal tyrants don't deserve a second chance, you know? You know, what if Hitler had... <laughs> what, if, what if Hitler had just turned good? Could have been one of our greatest heroes, couldn't he? <laughs> Um, you may laugh, but have you also considered what if Hitler could turn into an Osprey helicopter? Uh, I think you'd think that's pretty cool, and that would soften the blow a little bit, wouldn't it? <laughs> Just a little. But um, no, it, it's good stuff, Earth Spark. Give it a watch. You can watch it. It's on yeah, Paramount+. Yeah. Plus. yeah, great, yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. I think it's the best Transformers cartoon since Transformers Prime. Prime was really good. Cool. I haven't watched Animated. I've never watched Animated. Everyone always raves about Animated. It was um, one of Derek J. Wyatt's things. He, he died last year. 
He's one of the guys who did um, Ben 10. Oh. Yeah. But, um, yeah. You know, you know, Transformers, man. There's only three more episodes, not much to talk about. But I like Twitch. This is why I've got the figure of her. Henry Cavill's been... Oh, wait, no. It's no, April Fool's. It Are is. Are getting tricked by April Fool's? It was. I didn't have an April Fool's yesterday, so I mentioned on Twitter I'd have April Fool's. Then I saw someone's April Fool of a made-up Transformers figure. Oh. And I said, oh, got my pre-order in. <laughs> Well done. You you fooled the April Fool. Yeah. Yeah. Bastards. Um, all right. Anyway, uh, is that your review then? Yeah, sure. Earth that Transformers is good. program for adults, yeah? Yeah, it's good. Come on. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I watched, and I watched eight hours of Great British Bake Off. I can't judge anyone. I was just being a snide little bastard. Well, yeah, you are. Yeah, I am. I am indeed. So, my next review is going to be, and are you ready for this? Dun 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 bam 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 Are you ready for this? Um is it Challenge Annika? Yeah. That was brought back to TV yeah. for two episodes and then cancelled. Yeah, it is. No, I saw the new movie, the new hit movie in cinemas right now came out the other day. Dungeons and Dragons. The French Dungeons and Dragons movie. So and Jeremy Irons, was it? Yeah. 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 For a birch? Yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Was keep it for going. A birch or, no, yeah. not yeah. for a herd. No, it was, it was for a herd. For a the old one who. Yeah. For a birch is your. For a right. herd's the one with the stand stair lifts. Yeah. 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 So for a birch, you're right. And then. There was that young lad who wasn't in much else. No, no, but there's one very important person. Marlon Wayans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Played snails. Yeah. Yeah. Who else was in it? Who's, who's the guy from Crystal Maze? And... Was Richard O'Brien in it? He is indeed. Oh, good for him. Um, I like Richard O'Brien. Yeah, so Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves is a new movie based on the world of Dungeons and Dragons. No, oh. and wouldn't you know, it, Ant? It's actually Stop really good. Stop spoiling it. It's really good. It's really. Are you going to go see this? Yeah, I want to see Dungeons and Dragons. Really? Yeah, I've been waiting for this. It looks good. It looks fun. It's Frickin- actually really fucking good. Um, all right, I won't it, spoil it. It looks like it friggin' has managed to sort of reproduce the chaos of a real Dungeons yeah. and Dragons. That's basically it. Like. The main five characters, so Hugh Grant, Chris Pine, Justice, whatever his name is from Detective Justice Smith. Justice Smith. um, The girl from It Chapter 1 and 2. The ginger late girl, I can't remember her name. And Michelle Rodriguez. Those five characters act as if they kind of know they're in a D&D campaign. And then everyone around them plays it 100% straight. And it makes it really fucking funny like it's almost got the same effect as um, Michael Caine be 100% straight in Muppet Christmas Carol and that being the most fun thing in the world that's the most straight Michael Caine's ever been exactly um, so it's a really simple story they're a band of thieves um, two of which get get locked away because they get caught stealing items from a oh yeah it's got what's her face from um, Falcon and Winter Soldier in it Oh, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's Chloe Coleman. A, she, yeah. Um, but, yeah, really, really fun concept. Really simple. They're basically, they are a band of thieves due to some, some bad things that have happened in the past. They have become a band of thieves to get by and survive. And as a band of thieves, they work together to try and steal a tablet of resurre- resurrection of Chris Pine so he can bring back his dead wife. Now, the whole time he's been like in this band of thieves, he hasn't been, he wasn't aware that this tablet was, was hidden somewhere. He didn't know that this spell existed because he thought his wife, who had been murdered by Red Wizard's Blade, 
which is a specifically poisonous blade that cannot be healed. Yeah. 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 Because his wife died by that blade, he has sort of been raising his daughter with the help of Michelle Rodriguez. And they have a very sweet relationship. It's actually really, really charming. And, um, and basically she's been like her surrogate mother this whole time. So Chris Pine specifically says in the film, we are like brother and sister. We, we have worked together to raise my daughter and it's been, you know, it's been amazing. And like, and from there, like once they escape, they escape prison and they go on this grand adventure. They have to get the gang back together and they have to work out a plan to try and, to try and stop Hugh Grant, who was a con man they worked with before. He's now the leader of Winterfell, not Winterfell, um, Neverwinter. And he now runs the whole of it. He's a lord of Neverwinter. And they've got to stop him from doing something dastardly involving a big old... Hugh Grant would do something dastardly. It's really fucking good, bud. Like, Mm. really charming. The effects are good. They use a lot of D&D shit that, like, even I recognise. There's a lot Mm. of, like, silly stuff, and they they use it in smart ways. Like I said, it it all rests on those main... Beholder? No. They talk about Beholder, but they don't show one. Oh, it's an owl thingy. Yeah. Like the the Al Gorilla monster. Yeah. It's like, it's really fun. The pacing is fucking great. There are like, there are edits that just make so much sense in a film like this. Like they show, initially you get like a few shots of like scenic island as they travel to the main location. And then once they get to the point where they're like, we need to get this, we need to do that, we need to do that. The edits are so swift and so good. It's easy to follow. The action is actually shot properly. So it's not like quick cuts. Oh, Michelle Rodriguez. A they probably don't make a mistake. Michelle though. Rodriguez gets a lot of like physical shit to do in this, and she's really good. Mm-hmm. Like she really seems to enjoy it. Like there's a great scene where she takes she's beating up a bunch of guards, and she takes one guard specifically, shoves his head between the bars of like a gate, drags his face <laughs> along so he hits every bar, then pushes his face through a glass window, and then when he turns around, she just punches him in the face. He just goes down. I was like, that guy's dead. That guy's so dead. She throws a guy in a furnace. How many rolls do you have to? do to hit every bar on the way yeah a lot um and there are there are some really spectacular like moments where you can tell like if you rolled a 20 but then you had to do a saving roll because someone did an attack there are some spectacular fuck-ups because of stuff like that at one point um justice smith is doing like a mimic spell to make it look like chris pine is playing playing his loot to distract some guards Mm. and it's like it's obviously like you're doing a successful distraction spell, but you now need to do a dexterity roll as you slowly travel across the courtyard. I was like, oh, you rolled a one. Somehow your foot's stuck in stone. And he's like, <laughs> and Chris Prine's like projection just starts freaking out and like melting into his neck and like just fucking goes nuts. And it's really creepy looking. It's like a really cool little effect, but it's like, it's really interesting. Like they've got a seer stone that lets them res- like, this is like the big thing that's been in the trailers. They have a stone that lets them resurrect dead bodies and ask five questions. Yeah. And it's just a great scene where they're like, they're like, literally, they talk to one guy and he's like, he's like, he's like, oh no, you want my brother. It's like, oh, did you not die in the battlefield? It's like, no, there I was getting out of the bath halfway through the campaign as I'd had a heavy morning and needed to wash up. And I slipped. And you just see this, this dude get out this iron bath, slip on some stone and just fucking destroy his neck against the edge of the bath. And they're like, oh, why'd we wake this guy up? And they're like, you've got to ask him five questions or he's just going to stay alive. And they're like, oh, what was your, uh, what's your favourite food? And he's like, he's like, oh, oats, no, barley. And they're like, okay, and uh, like, what's two plus two? And he goes, I'm not good at math. <laughs> like that just drops dead again. I was like, fantastic. Just lots of fun. Mm. Bradley Cooper has a nice little cameo mm. for some reason. 
Because um, he's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but he's got a nice little cameo. One of the weird things is that, like, lots of moments are played for laughs, but, like, the actual points where you're having, like, these these emotional conversations and stuff, it does work really well. You can kind of see what's going to happen. Like, you'll, you'll probably pick up what's going to happen at the end straight from the beginning. But it doesn't lessen... I have my theories. It doesn't lessen how impactful some of those scenes are. I've got to give props, like, Michelle Rodriguez is probably the standout in the cast. Hmm. She's just pitch perfect as, like, just this... She's just, like, a berserker. She's just, like, this big, like, berserker. Do you think she's a Gina Carano type? No, 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 no. No, she's definitely not. Because she's already said that she's, like, LGBT. No, she's not a turf. No, she's not a turf. Oh. Um... But yeah, like she looks like that in the thing. It looks like they, in the trailers, it looked like they wanted we want a buff woman. No, no, it's nothing like that. She does look massive though. She's like obviously worked yeah. out really. She's like she worked will, out a lot. She's to, buff. Michelle Rodriguez is buff. She's bigger than she's normally. Yeah. She normally is in this. But yeah, really nothing wrong with buff chicks. Nothing wrong with it. Um, really impressive. Really well done. Everyone is like a hundred. Hugh Grant has a fucking incredible scene early in the beginning where he's like talking to them after they've escaped from prison. And he's like going like he like takes a sip of tea and he goes, "That is scorching. That is so hot." And he puts it down and then he's like, and like later on in the conversation, he goes and picks up and he goes, "Actual fire. That is so hot." And he goes, "Oh, Sophia, could you?" Um, and she's like, "This witch comes from behind him," and she like makes her finger into ice and then dips it into the tea and then pulls it out. And he goes, "Didn't actually realize you were going to put your finger in there. That's um, that's interesting. What I'm going to do? I'm going to." Set this down here for later. And then immediately they have a callback to the 2000 D&D movie, which I'm not going to ruin for you because it is fucking hilarious. And it is just literally like a, like a couple of seconds. But no one remembers the two. Oh, you will remember this. I know there's a reference to the eighties cartoon. There is. Yeah. In the final, there's like a big tournament thing. They become part of, and you see the original kids from that, Mm. that show, which is a nice little nod. Um, should have had Your Highness references. I actually, look, Your Highness is an underrated classic. Is it? Is it, is it an underrated yeah. classic? It has one of my favourite lines in any film in it. Um, it's the one where Danny McBride like introduces everyone to his little jester bloke, like his best friend. And he goes, look everyone, I had Courtney cut his hair like the tip of a penis. And Courtney does like, like he's taking his hat off, but he does like a jizzing motion. <laughs> he just goes, <laughs> and I was like, brilliant, fantastic. <laughs> There's also one of the references to Dungeons and Dragons two. One of the knights or Dungeons the, and Dragons three. One of the <laughs> one of the knights in in uh, Your Highness when they're like about to do a big battle scene, he pulls out his sword and then he's got like a he's got like a armored hand with like a knife blade thing that pops out and he pulls out his sword and he does the knife blade thing, but he does it in front of everyone like he's like showing it off and he goes Chick-cha! like that. What's this going? Anyway, sorry, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons. Really, really good. Really great pacing. Like, I I don't know how it's taken this long to make a film this good. And when I say great pacing, like, just, like, I mean, the editing of, like, action scenes, fucking superb. Like, the whole the whole way everything's, like, done and generated, they give you base level Dungeons and Dragons knowledge. Like, it's there for people that want to see it, but they don't dwell on shit. They don't have to explain spells. They just do it. And it's like... And it's just, it's perfectly placed for it to, like, appeal to people that do like Dungeons & Dragons. Like, for instance, if you saw the, st- there's, like, there's, like, a fight at the end that involves one of those stone hands, you know, like, where you materialise it out of, like... Yeah. yeah. There's one of those at the end that has a battle with, like, a flesh-based version of that. 
from mm-hmm. another another wizard, like a necromancer. And like, there's like a little moment between the two of them using those spells, and then there's like magic missiles and shit. That, but they don't say that; you just see them, and that's like great, fantastic. They because all go broadsword, fire <laughs> of wrath. So like, as broadsword, as an audience, you can follow, you can see the magic being done. You don't need to question it. And then like, as a D and D player, you can probably be like, oh, they're using magic missiles. And shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Chris Pine has a great scene where he like pulls a tarp down over a monster. And like, that's like a, he rolls 20, like, it's almost like a roll 20 moment because he like steps out of the way just to, like, literally just a step, gets over its face and it covers it up and it goes, goes running off into a building and like knocks itself out almost. And like, then he looks down and like the thing's getting up and continuing to run. And he looks down, and it's like, oh yeah, he rolled a one moment there because like the rope's around his legs and <laughs> it's got like a little hook and it just catches him and he gets dragged off. And I was like, that's like a D&D right, game. Chris Pine. He's really good. Doesn't ask up some hijinks. He's really good in it. Like, it's a really interesting story, and they actually do a lot with, like... Like I say, the source material is surface level. They do mention a few D&D terms. Like, they do have all the regions. Like, Neverwinter is, like, specifically a Baldur's Gate style. Or Baldur's maybe, Gate like, Neverwinter's Nights. Yeah. Well, that's the game's Neverwinter Nights. Yeah. yeah. Like, Baldur's Gate is based on D&D. Yeah. Um... And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm looking forward to more from these, these, these guys, cause like, it's written by the guy who did Game Night, which was really good, really funny comedy, and has one of the best line deliveries in anything. It's like, no one <laughs> watched that film. No, they did. Lots of people watched that film. No. It's like, watch out behind you. Oh no, he dies. <laughs> Gets sucked into a jet and a ginger. She's like, she's like, watch out behind you. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to fall for that. And, she, and he just gets sucked into it. It catches fire. And just, she's like, oh no, he died. <laughs> like that. Yes. Oh no, he died. Um, really good. You can um, get sucked into a jet engine and still survive. No. I've seen it. No. I've seen it. When? There's that video on the internet where the guy gets sucked up into the airplane turbine, Ooh. just pops out the other side, perfectly fine. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Because the blades of those things are actually soft. Yeah. Um, so birds don't get splattered and ripped to shreds. Well, anyway, so yeah, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. Like it's it's a Tom Atkins. I fucking loved it. Um, there is a guy from Bridgerton in it. Oh no! And he no 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 he's he's like played perfectly. Like so everybody else is everybody else is using like using a little bit of modern language because, again, the five main characters in the campaign are all playing it like they know they're in a game almost. Like, they, they don't try and do English accents except for Justice Smith. He does an English accent for some reason. He's not bad at it. It's just he's the only one doing an English Justice accent. Justice Smith is He's not. English? No, he's American. Um, but, yeah. So, like, really, really good. Really fun. Um, and, yeah, there's, like... What are you looking up? You're looking up if he's English. I'm sure he's not. He's he's American. I can't remember. Um, you can't remember. But yeah, like so. Los Angeles. So the guy from the guy from Bridgerton plays it in 100 percent straight and doesn't like understand any of the sayings. And at one point, it's just the funniest joke is that he they go they go that. Wait, what the fuck? No, Karen. One of the best jokes is that he he turns around. They're they're like talking about they're talking about Hugh Grant's character, and they're like, "We're going to take him down. We need to stop him." And uh, and that son of a bitch has an army, and they and then the guy from Bridgerton just turns around and goes, "So you blame his mother for his indiscretions?" And they're like, "No, uh, no." And he goes, "I don't understand colloquialism." <laughs> okay, all right, fantastic, whatever. There was a 2016 adaptation of Roots. Was there? Yeah. That's not a good idea. Jonathan Rhys-Meyer says top billing. 
Uh, I wonder if that's what turned him back to. I don't think. I don't think he was in. I don't think he was Kuntakinte. No, you don't think so. Yeah. Oh, Babs Olusam. I can't say his name. It's yes, he's uh, the Doctor in Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. Great. Um, he yeah. whispers a lot. He's got a very Dungeons and Dragons, and obviously a lot of Star Trek um, actors who were in the original roots, like uh, Lavar Burton, yeah. who who famously um, Lance Reddick wishes he was. So end of that's a nice way to tie it together. End of yeah. end of Dungeons and Dragons has has one excellent kill as well. I'll say that um, the main baddie gets it tough, like hard, and it's pretty pretty great to see because they are just out and out evil. That's kind of the nice thing about this. They are just there's no conflict to the person. There's no complexity. They are just incredibly evil to spread the influence of who is essentially Satan in this world, and it's pretty great. Oh, wish I was Satan. Anyway. Uh, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Honor of Thieves. Great fucking movie. And your review. Um, and your review. I'm trying to see if Lance Reddick was in a Star Trek. And your review. Was Lance Reddick in a Star Trek? And your review. The fuck? And your review. Hold on. And it's your review. And I don't know if you know this, but it's your review. It's in my review? Yeah. No. Um... I don't think Lance Reddick was in any Star Trek. No, he wasn't. Oh. He was in 50 Cent Blood on the Sand, though. Was he? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Great. Your review, Which one's a good one? 50 Cent Blood on the Sand or Bulletproof? There's two of them, isn't there? It's Bulletproof is the good one. I played Valheim. Oh, yeah. How's that going? Uh, I didn't play a massive amount of it yet, but it was alright. You know what? For a survival game. Yeah. That I usually find tedious and irritating. Yeah. Um, I kind of there's there's stuff in Valheim that makes it feel a bit more interesting to me, like so you you it's sort of Viking mythology. There's mm-hmm. a big old mm-hmm. Yggdrasil tree, you know the tree that links together the nine worlds. Yeah, you're in the tenth realm though, which is like a limbo, because um, your guy's dead, I guess. But you know you have to do the usual thing. You have to punch some trees, build a hut, make make fire, build armor for yourself, um, and the way it gamifies things. Is that there's these um like spirits, these god spirit things that you have to battle, mm-hmm. and when you fight them, you'll get some sort of power from them. So you'll have to like do some sort of sacrifice for them. So the first one, you have to kill a deer and use that to make the deer creature god thing appear. Okay. To fire. So and then when you do that, you'll get some extra power from it and stuff. So that's the, that's the, that's like the gamey stuff, but most of it is just you know you and your mates dossing around building some sort of village and stuff like that, um, and it lets you jump in and out of other people's games, and you keep anything you've got, keeps your progress and all that sort of stuff, so you can go and join someone else's game, get yourself boosted up, and then go back to your game where you'll now be overpowered at the start, which is all right, it's fine, it's helpful. Um, but you know it's it's nicely done. It's on Xbox now. It was on PC. Was it 2020 it came out, wasn't it, on PC? I think so. It was one of those lockdown games that everyone got into, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's got an interesting look to it. It's sort of like... It's sort of somewhere between PS1 and PS2. It's got that sort of like... The textures are all blocky textures and everything. The character models are all pretty basic. Like, they don't have fingers or anything. They've just got big old blocky hands and yeah. all that. And, you know, they don't have flowing hair or any of that shit. It's sort of like somewhere between those. It's going for a retro aesthetic, but it's also got like loads of complex lighting effects and things like that. Like you get God rays through trees and you get like the light from a fire lights up things in a realistic way. Sort of giving, using old fashioned graphics, but giving it like a modern sheen. Mm. It's quite, quite nice to see. I quite like how it looks. Yeah. Um, 
a lot of physics stuff in it as well. Like you can chop down trees, and if they fall over and hit other trees, they'll damage them. Sometimes it might damage them enough to Knock cause them, them to fall down as well. And you chop logs up and get the wood and get the stone and build yourself axes and stone things. You know, you just, what do you do with axes? Chop down trees <gasps> or hit enemies with. Um, the way you build stuff is quite interesting as well. When you when you build buildings. You can see their structural strength. You hi- sort of highlight over them. And they'll be like different colours from blue to red, depending on how stable that part of the building is. Yeah. And if they go into the red, they start taking damage and then will eventually break. Um, but you can reinforce them by building beams and stuff. Like Kev was trying to figure out why his building was orange in some areas last night. He thought maybe he didn't have enough supporting walls and things. Mm. But I was like, well, you've got the beams going through the middle, but I think you need beams along the roof. So you know, horizontally. And he didn't realise that. I figured it out for him. He's the new, I'm the new player on this. You're the you new know? player, and you figured that out. Yeah, because it's just basic structural, you know, um, uh, you know, architecture. You know, you got is it architecture? Take the stuff into account. Where are you getting, where you getting there? It's basic you architecture. You know, you got you got to think about the supporting beams and your struts and everything. Yeah, you can support those beams with um, diagonal ones as well from the walls to see and stuff like that. It's just extra strength. Because I guess as the building gets bigger, you're going to need them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of interesting because you can like put the beams along the top of the ceiling. They sort of, sort of snap into place if they're yeah. in the right location, um, you know. And you got fast roofs and stuff. It's nice, nice simple building things. But you can you can build multiple floors and have staircases and stuff like that. It's quite it's quite good. It's um you know it's not like Minecraft where you just plock all the blocks blocks down and just build the shape effectively. You've got to think about the structural integrity of this building. Yeah. Because um, when I was building my house the first time, I got the tool that lets you raise and lower the ground. Mm. But it's kind of really complicated how you use it. And I kind of lowered the ground a bit too much because I couldn't figure out how it was working. And then my house collapsed because there was nothing underneath it. Sounds like you um, put your hand on the sand. Put your hand on the sand and then you fucking piece of shit. And then you meant to build it on the stone because mm. Jesus comes and helps you. You make Jesus come. Um, but this- I do. I do. There's a bird that talks to you. Oh, yeah? That's always fun. What's his name? I don't know. Fucking Ig4 something. I don't fucking know. Come on, come on with a better bird. name. Igrin. Better name. I don't know. I think that's his name. Something to begin with I. Iggy. My guy's name's Glurt. Iggy. But, um, no, you know, Valheim, it's been a while. This preview on Xbox is... I mean, it's not really a preview, is it? The game's been around for like two years. This is like... It's practically up to wherever the PC version is, as far as I'm aware. I don't know why it's a preview build. It might as well just be the the game. Maybe they're just tired. I, mean, I suppose they got to tweak the controls for control pads and stuff like that. Yeah, Pff, fair enough. Um, but no, it seems all right. It's just an interesting one. I prefer this over some of the other survival games I play, which usually don't have much of anything other than build stuff and not get eaten. Um, yeah. I quite like there's some sort of guided thing to do to go and hunt down, you know, the gods and get their powers and stuff like that and kill them. Yeah, which gives you it gives you a structure to build around. So what you're saying is you've been playing four 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 more years. What you've been playing know. the four four game Fury of the Gods? No, because that's what that's what that film was about. God the God Butcher was going to go and kill all the gods, get all their powers. Yeah, I'm not God the God Butcher. I'm Glurt. You Glurt the God Butcher. Yeah, it's completely different. His cousin is missing yeah. a finger. But um, it's not yeah. quite as smart. Oh, okay. I want to see if maybe they could put like I don't know what what could they put in the game that cars. would be nice. Cars, yeah, have cars like the Vikings were well known. Yeah, to have. No, they were called carts back then, Anne. Oh, Viking carts were cars. Cars, yeah. from cars. We I mean, just put a horse in the front. What do you think horsepower is that? I don't know. 
Who do you think horsepower is? It's a bunch of tiny horses in a car that make you go yeah. vroom vroom. Yeah. Yeah, you fucking idiot. Don't you know science? I'm going to try and build a boat to see if that works. You're going to build a boat? I reckon that must work. When's Zelda out? Um, May. Month and a bit. Not long. <laughs> but anyway, Valheim. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's on Game Pass. Did you finish Atomic Heart? I saw you playing that the other day. I didn't play Atomic Heart. Yeah, I saw you playing Atomic Heart and saying, fuck Atomic Ukraine, Heart. repeatedly. Over the- <laughs> I ain't fucking downloading that fucking nonsense. <laughs> Russian fucking- propaganda. Jesus. USSR ah, is best place in the universe. Um, okay, cool. No well, one's talking about that now, have they? Like, straight off. Didn't take long. Same with Hogwarts Legacy. People just, like... I think it's those games the weirdos latch on to, innit? Yeah. They move on to another one, like, two weeks I don't later. Think they really stick to anything. They've got, like, two weeks that they milk it for, and then they just shut up about it. They just spend money to try and upset other people. Like, you know when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, it's going to be, like, talked about for friggin' months, innit? Yeah. I mean, that preview they did the other day with the... I mean, just thinking about the stuff you could do with the gluing things together. I know. That's going to cause all... There's going to be people who will get up to the skyloft without using the gravity thing. They will, they will build their way there. Oh, yeah. They will find a way to transport They'll themselves make, up like, there. Someone's going to make a trebuchet and just fire themselves up there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like... Um, oh, Breath of the World was so fucking good. The fact that people are still playing it and finding new shit to do in that game is mm. just... Brilliant. Um, anyway, sorry. So yeah, uh, my last review is going to be. Um, I spoke about it at the beginning of the review, and and you mentioned it briefly just then. Resident Evil Four, Breath of the Wild. So I played Resident Evil Four. Never heard of it. The remake. Oh, I know that. Or re four. Mm. Is that what people are calling it? No. Anyway, I played Resident Evil Four. I'm a big Resident Evil fan. I've played every Resident Evil game, regardless of what Ant tells you. Did you play the um Online the iOS Resident Evil four? Yeah, on on, on, on my on my iPod Touch when I yeah. had it the day. Yeah, and your point? You never played that. I played all of the Resident Evil games. Prove me wrong, Ant. Oh me Shut up. Um Resident Evil Four remake. Um for anyone who hasn't played Resident Evil Four, it's the story of Leon S. Kennedy, a survivor of Resident Evil Two and the Raccoon Incident Raccoon City incident in nineteen ninety eight. Here we find him travelling to a Spanish town to go and track down the president's daughter. Oh, is he a bad enough dude? He might be a bad enough dude, you know. Um and uh, and yeah. Turns out Umbrella might have something to do with what's happening in the area because there have been some people going missing, mm. and uh, and there's a new threat, not zombies, Ganados, which are like parasitically possessed villagers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do they just sort of shuffle along towards you? And- sometimes, sometimes so, they, yeah. sometimes they dodge. Maybe with like not much signs of intelligence. Like, they have, they have like a lot. But of not like, but not like, not not. You know, they're just sort of shuffling along in the direct line. They're, they're single-minded in their approach. No, they actually do work a little bit better than they used to. Um, they used to be used to be a bit like shuffly, and they just have a dodge, Blah. and they pick up weapons, and they sometimes throw weapons at you. But in this, they do work together a little bit more, and they like they they use the environment a bit more than they did before. It's about community. It is about community. Yeah. It's about a communist community. Did you know that you can stop that first encounter really By hitting the bell. Yeah. yeah, you can shoot the bell yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not. I battled through that on hardcore. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I died a couple of times the first time because I forgot yeah. if there was something you had to do and I'll just end up getting I t- taking too long in the house and getting grabbed. And I didn't pick yeah. up the shotgun. 
I didn't go into that house. Oh, yeah, I found that. Yeah. I tried going around and then, like. I got to go into the house because you have the bit where he goes, You're kidding me. I, and then he gets I didn't. I did that after, I, after the bell went because you could do that now. Before, I think you had to go into the house to trigger the bell going off. Um, but yeah, it's a, it is a ground up remake. Um, although, although they haven't changed, like, a lot of aspects of the story, I think a lot of the story beats still are quite similar. The, um, the actual design of it is, is incredible. They've completely overhauled a lot of systems. They've made it more modernized. And I think that this is the one that a lot of people were hesitant to get on board with. Because Resident Evil 4 is a classic game. It's been on every console. Well, the freaking Resident Evil 2 and 3 remakes, like, even if they weren't going to be good, at least they would have done them in a different style. Yeah. Because it was Resident Evil 4 style. But Resident Evil 4 would have to just be Resident Evil 4, but nicer looking again, wouldn't it? Yeah. Which is not what they've done here. They've put a lot more into it than that. Um, it's not just like the game itself, like, does look better and it has all those modern trappings of shooters since Resident Evil 4 basically invented the modern shooter as we know it for third person games. Um, like, they've done, they've done a lot more than that. So there's a load of, load of changes to the actual design of the game itself. So although it is almost the same story, they've changed some of the areas, some of the sort of the maps and things. Gotten rid of a lot of the qu- the quick time events, but there's still some in there. Um, yeah, I like the boulder bit. That's not in there anymore. Oh, that's, I like that bit. Yeah. And what about the homoerotic knife fight? That's not in there anymore. But there is a knife fight, but it's like it's not a FMV anymore. It's not like a quick time event. Because so in this game, there was a lot of like a lot of the a lot of the story had like quick time events to do things, and we're going to talk about Krauser, that Krauser fight in particular, because it's not a spoiler that that's still in there. But the way that it works is that instead of it being a quick time event where you're like having to hit A at certain times or having to like hit B to dodge, instead you've got a parry system in this one, oh, which yeah. early on you get to use quite a lot, where you just press the button to draw out your knife in a vertical motion like you're going to aim it, and that will stop an attack. And that is the Krauser fight relies heavily on that, so you're blocking a lot and then doing a lot of counterattacks and parries. Yeah. And it works really well. Um, I did that to deflect her um, arrow knives and shit and they'd be yeah. thrown at me yeah um, so this game is spectacular um, I love it it is Resident Evil 4 through and through there's no mistaking it for a new for an entirely new thing you'd love it so much you might as well just marry it I might uh, but the only the only thing is that they've they've changed some areas dramatically which wasn't what I was expecting. So there's a lake that you visit in the original game, and it is just essentially a boss battle, and then you're on yeah. the other side. In this, you can explore the entirety of the lake. They've got like little areas set up. There's like little hidden bits you can go to. You can collect golden eggs. There's like a chicken farm you can visit. Now what comes first, though? Chicken or the egg? The chicken or the golden? Snatch the sea monster. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and like they've got like a cage. Where's the daddy chicken. Daddy chicken. Daddy chicken comes first. Um. They've got like a, this, after the sea monster section, you've got like a little puzzle as well. Yeah. And it's just really fucking good. Like, I played through Resident Evil 4 on the Switch not long ago, and I really enjoyed that, but you, you do become very aware of the fact that it is a almost 20 year old game at this point. Like, the fact you can't move whilst you're aiming. Yeah, good. Is, is fucking insane. I um, like that. A lot of the boss battles have been made more difficult. They've added extra stages to them because you've now got that level of movement. Um, yeah, just all in all, it's it's a vast improvement over the original. I didn't think that they could really improve that. 
Because Resident Evil 4 is as close to perfection as we got from gaming for a very long period of time. Like, it is, it is, it, it's, it's not selling it short to say it did modernize third person shooters. It is like the, the, it, it was before Gears of War, before Uncharted, before Dead Space, none of those would exist without fucking Resident Evil 4. Yeah, Resident Evil 4 didn't rely on pussy ass hiding behind walls. Exactly. Like a fucking wuss. It but still Resident doesn't. Evil 6 bloody had it. Resident Evil 5 had it as well, didn't it? No, 6. 6 no. was the one that had it. Resident Evil 5. And it 5 made no is... sense because half the time you get zombies. What are you supposed to. What, 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 why are you hiding behind a wall with zombies? People give it a bad rep, but Resident Evil 5 is a really fucking good game. That's poop. Do you not like it? Didn't like it. I really liked it. It's poopy. Um, but anyway, so some of the nice things you can look forward to. They brought back mercenaries mode, so that's back once you complete the game. Yeah. Which is awesome. They've got the shooting galleries back. They've added a few extra levels, which is great. The fucking terrifying biosensor segment with the uh, regenerator. Yeah, I didn't that's like back. that. That's back. Didn't like those guys. They're fucking awesome. They're awesome monsters, but they are fucking grim. Um and uh, and yeah, just all in all, I'm really impressed. Like it's one of my all-time favorite games is just back, just back, and it's a new coat of paint to play it with, and it's like new areas, it's new stuff to discover. Um, I'm playing on hardcore mode, um, which is nice; it's unlocked straight away because before you'd have to complete the game first before you unlock the additional. It's because you're such a badass. I am. Yeah, I am. I'm the baddest ass around. Big old balls, balls. Big they, old. Balls. They drag you down. They do down to Clown Town. Which is where my favourite type of prostitutes live, the clown prostitutes. That's where you get all your makeup. That's where I get all my makeup. Anyway, Resident Evil 4, fucking perfection. Tom Atkins is great. It's fucking incredible. If you haven't played Resident Evil 4 before, play this. If you have played Resident Evil 4 before, give this a go. You'll be surprised how much has changed. You'll still it's still your Resident Evil 4. It's just they've changed some of the areas a little bit. Made things up, made made things a little bit more effective, and there's some better sequences. Leon have the titular line in this one. What one? Oh, those ballistics. Where he's like, "What is this? Some kind of Resident Evil Four? Yeah, yeah. He says that multiple times. Yeah, yeah. But he actually says, "What is this? Some sort of Resident Evil Four remake?" And there's a bit in Resident Evil Two where Claire's on the phone and she goes, "This is like some sort of Resident Evil." He says, "Yeah, I know what you're like. I'm having a bit of a Resident Evil Two. No, he says I'm having a bit of a Resident Evil Two Disc One. Mm. Don't you remember the famous line? And titular line. Yeah, I'm having a Resident Evil two disc one. But if you play it on N64, no one say I'm having a Resident Evil sixty four. Yeah, yeah, because they added that line in. I still understand how that game played on the Resident on N64. It plays like Resident Evil two. Yeah, I know, but like, how do they compress all the audio and shit? Like magic. It's just insane. It's got it? demons in it. Yeah, it's the biggest N sixty four car. Seventy four megs or sixty four megs. I can't remember. It's, a lot, it's got a lot on it. Yeah, fucking insane. To put F and V files. What, yeah. what they? Why they just have still pictures with text under it? I mean, <laughs> would have been easier. just as effective. It would have been easier. Um, but yeah, really, really good. Um, fucking really fun. And um, you're playing it now, aren't you, on Xbox? Yeah, and on the Series X. How have you found yeah. it on the Series X? It's pretty good. I've had, like, a few areas where I've had, like, multiple enemies on screen and then, like, the textures and stuff have gone a bit wonky. That's been fine on mine so far. Yeah. I think um, that, putting uh, on the ray tracing, like, makes the frame rate dip a little, but not by much. Very rarely. Oh, I had mine on performance mode. Yeah. I don't have it on the... No, quality. I had performance with the ray tracing. Oh, right, cool. Because cool. you can switch on. I didn't put the funny hair on because the hair looks bad. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's got that... 
what was it the high detail hair and oh. it doesn't light right like when you walk when you, like light reflections don't work and it looks like it's really flat and oh okay That's like weird. unshaded yeah like I had it looks mo- like you know when you get like someone wearing one of those like blonde artificial looking wig yeah. wigs that artificial blonde oh um you know you know like when you watch a Japanese show and one of the characters has got blonde hair looks like that okay. <laughs> you know and it doesn't look right in the slightest yeah. I um, I, I, there's like a moment where you're in the caves and you've got like enemies dropping in. Yeah, it's a new section where you're with Louise, Luigi, Luigi. Yeah, um, and uh, Louise, and, like, Louise, Louis. Louis. There's a lot, yeah. load, loads of people dropping in, and like just suddenly the textures just dropped. So like you saw people's legs, and instead of it like looking like a leg, it just looked like it was coated in like a KFC chicken yeah. leg. It was just really odd, and it was like some that's something that the um the skirts. parasite thing does to people. And skirts also like skirts and trousers just took on like a really low res mm. texture. I've seen that on the Xbox on the PS4 version. Yeah. I saw some footage of that and that sometimes the textures don't load in properly on yeah, it. Yeah, I think that that's similar to what happened on the PS5, mm. but it was only for like a couple of seconds. It yeah. wasn't like an ongoing thing. Um, that's been fine. The only visual thing I've found is that um cuz all the remakes had this. They like have this visual style which is really contrasty. Yeah. I don't like how it goes like pitch black in some like shadows on rocks and stuff will be like way too dark, but it's it's part of their visual style. Um, I've loved all these remakes. I I even loved three, and a lot of people didn't like that one. Um, and Village, I played through about six or seven times, and uh, I'm still just loving it. We should do one of these remakes with Gaiden. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a decent story to tell. It was all on a boat and stuff, but that'd just be Revolutions too, wouldn't it? I think they're, they're. I mean, they're going to keep doing the remakes, aren't they? They'll probably do Code Veronica next. I want them to do Code Veronica next. Yeah, that's the that's the best one. I like Code, Code Veronica. Was awesome um, mm. because that was all fully three D already. Yeah, it was weird though because it was like you went from the sort of pre rendered backgrounds of the PS One games. Yeah, and then they did Code Veronica in fully three D, and you thought, oh, that's the future of Resident Evil. And, then and the very next game was like over the shoulder. Yeah, well, uh, Resident Evil Four wasn't Code Veronica out before Three, wasn't it? One of those weird ones. No, Code Veronica came out after Three. Came out before Zero. Okay. Yeah, it's Dreamcast, didn't it, man? Yeah, I know, but I thought for some reason I thought that Resident, Resident Evil 3. Three was like the last one of the last PlayStation games. Yeah, but it was Resident Evil Three on the Dreamcast as well. It came out. Yeah. It was released on Dreamcast not long after the PS One version. Yeah, and Code uh, Veronica came out on everything. The GameCube ones are probably the best versions of those, though. Yeah, they're the ones that have the HD. Yeah. Stuff actually, I don't see them too often. Actually, I'm not no. trying to get copies of them. Um, but yeah, like I, I think if they do Code Veronica, and you remember that one on a boat that was like the shooter one, Dead Aim, that oddly mm. enough had like a lot of really clever mechanics in it. They could redo that as just like a third person game. What about Survivor? Survivor's not bad. One hour of game. Look, you could get it done in 21 minutes. I finished it in just over an hour. You could get it done in 21 minutes. Paul had a go on it and did it in 50 minutes, and that's the only time we ever played it. So if you (laughs) complete it four times, because you know you get a different pistol depending on the path you take. Yeah, I saw there's one pistol available in the game early on. Yeah, you get one pistol early on, which is the weakest one. You can get, with the signet things, you can pick out a... Like a white-looking pistol? No, so basically what happens is you go through the three paths, and then when you go through the game a fifth time, you get like a magnum pistol yeah. that takes pistol no, rounds. about Resident Evil 4? I've got another gun I can get. What one? They've got a gun in the shop. shop. It's yeah. like a white pistol. Oh, I don't know about that. It's like a, a sort of bone-white pistol with a black slider on top. I've got that. That's on my one. Is it because you've got a white Xbox? I've got what? You've got a white Xbox. It's black, man. Why is seeing everything inverted again? Yeah. 
No, I'm using the red You're nine. You're so negative. I'm using... I'm using the red nine pistol. Yeah. The, I love that gun. It's amazing. They should have a costume that's just um, Chris's biceps. Yeah. It's just a pair... It's just some melon straps. No, just some melon strapped to his arms. Chris cosplay costume. His arms are fucking ridiculous in five. But Punches I love the rock out. Five is amazing. Five is amazing. Maybe they'll remake six. But get it right this time. <laughs> None of that. That wasn't good. That was the, they didn't know what to do with six, did they? It just did, so they made no. four different Resident Evil games. Well, Leon's campaign was actually all right to begin with. Yeah. Because he was just zombies in a town a bit like Raccoon City. And the president got infected. And like mm. he was working with the president still. And then, like, suddenly he's in Japan, and then he's, like, fighting a monster in Volcano place. Isn't the Wesker's Son one the one where yeah. you, like, kick and punch away? No, the Wesker's yeah. Son one, you do kick and punch, but, like, it was the Rustanak is mm. the monster you fight. It's a bit like Nemesis. Mm. It doesn't stop. Um, oh, original. Then, yeah. And then Chris and Pierce, who is... Um, his was, like, the shooty-shooty campaign. Yeah. But, like, Resident Evil 5 was all right. Resident Evil 5 was still pretty good. Um, and Resident Evil 6 they just yeah they had no idea what they wanted to do and they just fucked everything but the actual game like the context of the game you can't you can't really blame them for trying to do three different campaigns there was four wasn't there oh yeah Ada had a secret campaign didn't she Um, you can't really blame them for throwing that much in because by that point they had so many games and they didn't really know what the future of the Mm. series was Mm. and so and the, the amount of content in that game was fucking massive like it's kind of impressive how much they did should have done Resident Evil where you're just some dude and some zombies around. What, you mean like Resident Evil 7? Like all the Resident Evil, just fucking zombies. There's not zombies in Resident Evil 7, is there? They're like monster, mold monsters, but they are zombies. I didn't like that. Uh, I didn't like 7, I liked 8. Yeah, I played 8 yet. Play it one day. Yeah. When it's free on Game Pass. It'll probably be next week. They should do a bit of Resident Evil 4 where Leon goes, hi, I'm Leon, and I got nice hair. And then he goes and does his hair while he's there. Yeah. He should like, be like, ah, oh, you need to save the president's daughter. And he says, yes, but first I need to sort my hair out. Where's the nearest supermarket around here? And then you have to go on an excursion to the nearest supermarket to get your hair, your head and shoulders. Have you seen the intro to the dog in this one? I've freed a dog from a trap. Yeah. That dog comes back the same yeah. as it did in the original game. Because I went through the bit where you fight the um, ogre guy, the, the big Gnado. ogre, the massive one. Yeah. Um, but he didn't come out of there. He let me go. Right not? F- yeah, let me go right through. Oh yeah, no, you come back and he comes. Yeah, out. yeah. Because I think I can't remember how it works in the original one. Yeah, it's the same. You go and fight the swamp monster first, and then you come back, and that's when you fight the Ganado. Yeah. Or Gerudo? Is it? No, Gerudo is Zelda. I'll um, give you some Ganados on your yeah, chin in a minute. The fucking intro to that dog coming out is incredible now. They've like they've just gone full on cheesy anime style. Like you are about to fight the ogre and the dog comes up on the top of a cliff and it howls and there's a lightning bolt I behind think so it's it. Doing that from up there. It, it howls, there's it a lightning bolt behind on top it, of the cliff. And then it jumps down yeah. and then you fucking you fight the monster together. Oh, I've shot some dogs. Yeah. Some crazy dogs yeah, coming crazy for dogs. me. Yeah. I don't like them. No, they're irritating. But once you upgrade your red nine, I got the crossbow now. Oh yeah, upgrade that as well. Yeah, that's really fucking helpful because you can reuse the bolts. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've not got much room in my case now, so I got a little dangly on it though. Upgrade that case. I got a little dangly. You got the one with pistol ammo, yeah? No, the first case gives you the extra pistol ammo, handgun ammo. You get another. You get a charm that does it as well. I've got a charm that gives me something extra with the bolts. I think. Oh okay, okay, that's cool. Some dude. 
I don't know who it is. Yeah, I had uh, the first charm I got was the pistol ammo one. Adds fifteen percent to the pistol ammo you find. Yeah. Yeah. Good game. Just really fucking good game. Yeah. Your review Ant. Right, I'm gonna play the real big name game. Alright. Now yeah, train simulator free. How's that going? Train sim world free. Not train sim. Is this on? Is this on Game Pass? Train sim world. Yes, on Game Pass. Okay. Um, train sim world get free is a game where you drive trains. All right, I'm going on my phone. Yeah. Have you not played Train Sim World Three? No, I have no, oh, no. no. So you know how like you, you get games and it'll be like, oh, do you want to drive a train? You'll just be press accelerate and move. Yeah. Fucking bullshit. That's not what you do with trains, okay? First of all, you have to get in, shut the door behind you, sit down in your seat. Right. You got to get your key to unlock the train because train drivers have a key that you need to put in to start the train. Yeah. And it's not like a little tiny key like you'd use for the front door. It's a big round thing. Plug it in, switch on. And then you have to check, get your um, your throttle thing, put it into neutral. Yeah. And get your reverser and put it to zero. Yeah. Your reverser is what's the thing that actually drives the train. Yeah. It's called a reverser, even though it goes forward, because you, you, you've got one thing that decides which direction your train's going, forward or backwards, right? And then you've got the, the reverser, which is like the thing that controls your throttle. So how much throttle you have, how much brake you have. Um, and then you have to put on your activate your DRA. You might want to switch the cab lights on if you're going to go through some tunnels because things get pitch black and very scary. Um, can be a nightmare if you haven't switched on your cab lights and you get stuck in a tunnel because you stopped too hard and accidentally put on the emergency brakes and now you can't find the button to re- release the emergency brakes. That can be really difficult. I discovered that a while ago. Um, you could always get out of your train and just walk off though, if you feel like it, um, or wait until another train crashes into you, I guess. Um, all valid things you could do yeah. <laughs> if you're a train driver. Um, but no, it's, it's, I'm really liking this. It's like, because I've played Denture to Go before on the PS1. That's You have to be really strict about how you hit your time frames and you got to get exactly the right point, stop in the right place, all this sort of stuff. It's a little bit more leeway on this. This, this is um, the sort of leeway you'd get if you were going on a real train where, you know, trains can just turn up minutes late sometimes. Um, but you get the idea of how it all works, how the systems work. You Sometimes you have to, you know, if you're coming out of a station, you have to signal to get the points changed and stuff like that. Um, but it's all about keeping to a schedule, driving your journey, picking up your passengers, or you could be hauling freight in America, which I did once, and it was boring because the American trains are boring. They pull, like, 30-odd carriages of all, like, friggin' coal and shit. Okay. And it's just, it takes forever to start, and then if there's a point up ahead you got to stop at you have to plan like three years in advance to slow down so it's boring all i want to do is drive around the southeast of england going back and forth going to rochester and all this yeah i want to pick up passengers yep get to the train station maybe jump off and find a map because there's maps and safety signs you can find at the stations there's like you know you can collect them all up gotta find them all you know for the station's got the maps on it because i'm guessing the customers can't see it they need to see the maps um if you want where your train's going, you can just get up and walk through the train if you feel like it. You can't go into the toilet, though. Um, and I can't find the food cart on these trains. I don't know if food... Do trains have food carts still? Yeah. Yeah, it's very... I haven't seen one for ages, honestly. It's only long, long haul for yeah. that. Yeah. No trip, sorry. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, it's just, just a lot of fun. It's one of these things you can just chill out and drive a train for an hour. You are also the, the person route. who used to play um power wash simulator i still got to finish that um, have you got any of the dlc i've got the tomb raider one i haven't downloaded okay. the Final fancy one yet okay um i mostly haven't done one where you clean up crime scenes yet let's do a dexter one yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but no, it's it's just enjoyable. I mean, I was playing the other day, and I um, I had a had like a minute before I had to leave the train because you, once once you've got the doors open, you got a time until the train has to depart. Yeah. If you've got enough time, you can go have a run around the station, see what it's like. Oh, nice! All realistically modelled stations, modelled on the real stuff? stations. No, you don't. You don't do that. You're the train. You're the driver. Okay, oh. it's not your job. Um, but I got off and I went over to the other platform because I saw there was a map over there yeah. and I had about 20 seconds left and just as I turned around to go back a train started pulling in on the platform I was on so I couldn't get her back over to my train <laughs> so I, I ran over there to the end and I had about 10 seconds left and as the train pulled in I opened up the door to the cabin jumped through the train jumped out the other side jumped onto my train <laughs> fucking got in closed the door slammed it shut foot forward drove off, off you go. dead on time peeling out yeah it was a peel out yeah um it's interesting how much you got to think about stuff as well, because you've got speed limits on different parts of the track, you know, because high-speed areas and all this sort of stuff. You mustn't, you mustn't go too far over them. You can if you want, but you risk, be, you risk derailing yourself if your train can't handle the twists and turns of those particular parts of the track. Um, but stuff like if you're going downhill, you need to sort of apply a bit of braking pressure sometimes to make sure you don't accelerate over your speed limit. Um, and when you get to your speed that you want, you can put the put the reverser into neutral so your train's just basically powering itself along. Mm. It's not actively accelerating itself because um, it won't slow down once it hits that speed. It's the the weight of those things, you know, they're not going to slow down when they get to that speed. They're just going to keep going. They've got that momentum behind them. Um, nice realistic train noises and I really like the ambient noise as well. When you're at the stations, you can hear like dogs barking oh, and the odd cool. siren and just like birds and shit. Um I've got German tracks as well. I might give some of them a try because I'm sure the German trains are probably pretty nice. Um, all the buttons are going to be labelled in German, I guess, though. But it's the detail in it's crazy, though. Like, I, There's a little light switch on your clipboard light. I don't have a clipboard, but there's a little light to light up the part where your clipboard would go if you had a clipboard. Um, you know, you can change the brightness of the dials on the thing. I was driving the express trains, the super swish, flashy, 200 miles an hour express trains. Those things are fun. They're really fast. And you get a nice view in them. Some trains you get hardly any view. Like, I feel sorry for the drivers. Yeah. Like, the cabins are like... One of them, like, the cabin is proper proper tiny at the front. And there's, like, a little diagonal door at the side that you open. I was like, what's that diagonal door for? And I ran down to the other end of the train and realised it's where two trains couple together. That little diagonal door, as you open it, and that's, like, your little opening to go between the two carriages between two trains oh right because you know the drive trains and the passenger carriage trains are different obviously you should know that by now um, you do have to manually link trains together sometimes as well which is quite fun you get to watch the trains play and go and you clink, clink, clink latch them together yeah um, but if yeah if ever you just want a nice game where you get to drive but you don't have to worry about cornering so much uh, you just go forward um, sometimes I got one I got to Rochester, right, which is the end of the line. Yeah. But we had to go back. So I had to get I had to open the train doors and then bolt my way down to the other end of the train, which sometimes it's easier to go through the train than on the platform because customers don't have to take up some space on the platform sometimes. Mm. Um, but you bolt down the other end of the train, get into the cabin there, turn it on, get your neutral on, get your thing in reverser in place, set the thing, and drive off in the opposite direction. Do the train journey again backwards. It's good times. That sounds like good times. Yeah, I need to I need to buy some more tracks for it though. I might buy some tracks because they got Brighton route on there. 
Oh, right. So you don't get the whole of the UK map. You have to buy tracks. No, it's like there's certain routes that you go on it. So there's like an American set, which is all like Desert Freight Hall and a German one. The one that you get in the starter pack that's on Game Pass is the southeast of England one. So it's a route that runs... It's supposed to run to London, Victoria, but I don't think they've got the license for London, Victoria, so it only goes up to like Rochester or something. Mm. But it's the southeast of England. But there's another one that's bright, and they've got a Glasgow-Edinburgh train route and stuff. Because they're still pretty big routes. They still take like an hour sometimes to do these routes. You know, it's good, it's good stuff. It's good, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good stuff. Um, there's no Woking train station on there, though. I looked over the DLC that's available. They've got a Great Western Railways DLC, hmm. but that doesn't cover. That covers, like, more sort of North London. You can do the Underground. Yeah. Um, all the DLC from Train Sim World 2 works on it. Oh. That's great, because I think they just did the whole thing where they upgrade it and turn it into Train Sim World 3. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I quite like it. You know, sometimes I just want to play a game where I it just I get to do a really boring task for a long time. Because, you know, there's too much shooting in games now. Too much action. I want to do yeah. something real. You want to ride a train? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, do you know what would be a good idea for uh, a game? Well, just thought of this on a second. Tent putting up a simulator. Tent putting up a... Simulator. No, tent erector ant. <laughs> Really kids would laugh at that title. Yeah, but that's the point. But I'd like to put tents up, put the pieces together. You'd like to erect, erect some tents? Yeah. Yeah. Would you Would you be a daredevil and just peg it straight to the ground? Get the right distance Or would apart, you do the guide rope? Structural integrity. Put down a tent that can survive a storm. I'm thinking about simple tasks that could be interesting. Because you've got Lawnmower Simulator now, and that's the one that some kids are playing. Um, which is just hover-bother, but less fun. What would be good DLC for Trains in World 3, though? I'm telling you this. Right, two ideas for DLC. Um, Ghost of Mars. No. Island of Sodor. Okay. Where's that? That's Thomas Tank Engine. Okay. Yeah. I want Island of Sodor. I want to be sat inside Thomas, looking through his eyes. I wonder how these trains work. I want to do the bullet train. And the other one, um, Snowpiercer. <laughs> Let me do Snowpiercer. Um, or... What about a fantasy one, a hell train, driving through like a heavy metal? I like the fact that you're like you're like. All right. I want this heavy metal. Piercer. Yeah. Technically, a train that never ends. Yeah. A hell train. You were, if you would. How yeah. about also hell train? Yeah. Just in hell. Yeah. Just bad out of hell, but, but train out. You're of going hell. through hell, yeah. and there's demons, and there's lava, and all this sort of shit. Yeah. But it's still just as ainly retentive attention to detail train driving. I want there to be lights for the cabin can things. We, I want to be able to switch on the fans. Can we get the cast from Your Pretty Faces going to hell to play the characters of it? There's no characters, just me. You make, you make your own character. No, but they'd be on the train. Um, I saw one of them was wearing shorts on the train. Oh, fucking, fucking disgusting. Just, fucking disgusting. Yeah, I need to this see, is the UK. We know what your legs look like. Bad. Put them away. Um, I did have... When I was doing the American one, though, um, it was like an hour and a half into the frigging slow hot slog. Of a journey, really slow, really slow, and I failed it because I didn't stop in time at one of the points where it's like you have to stop here. You know when you know when trains stop outside a station, yeah, that sort of thing. And I didn't stop in time, and I lost the entire game, and I had to start over. And I was like, "Did everybody on the train die?" I was like, "Fuck it." There's no one on the train. It was just it was one of those one of those massive fucking American ones. You know the one where the the cabin itself is like the size of this room, like one of those massive fucking ridiculous. So if you've things. ever seen on Amazon, there's a series called Really Big Trains. Is there? And it's, and it's got, Shit. the title track goes, 
There's some really big trains. America don't know how to do trains, man. No, they don't. They don't have an actual working train system. Yeah. What about Russia Sentai to Kuja themed one? You get to drive the trains from to Kuja. For a second, I, and I then have you get no to, idea what you're talking about. You should have to drive... You should have a bit where you get to jump around between the trains and you've got to line them all up so they come together and connect together to turn into the mecha. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Get that with the, going. With the game handle and then you fight a monster. Yeah, get that going, guys. For a second, I thought you were doing that song from all the memes. Like, <gasps> Some of the tracks are set in historical times. Are they? Yeah, what if they did a train in World War Two? No, <laughs> you don't want a train in World War Two. You want the train from, from Abraham Lincoln. I'm on about like driving around, like taking the kids to Cornwall. Like, you know, the, oh, few, like the, the five goes to Cornwall. What do they call them? The, um, the famous five. What do they call those kids? The Vackies. The Vackies, didn't they? Eva- evacuees. They called them the Vackies. Oh. Yeah. Do you know. I'm like, not talking so, about the train to Auschwitz. I don't, don't want to be driving the train. I wasn't talking to- about that. I wasn't talking about that. You know, in the line, the witch in the wardrobe. Yeah, they were Vackie. Yeah. Yeah. You know that those books eventually. Ended. I'll get super racist. No, no, no. Eventually, well, they do. But those books eventually ended with everyone in the family dying but one girl. Yeah, she stays behind. She, do, yeah. she loses her she loses imagination. her connection to Narnia. Yeah. And all the rest, including the parents, get to go to heaven. Yeah. She's the only one who doesn't. Yeah, but she's keeping it real. <laughs> she's OG. Yeah. She's OG. She doesn't need that shit. The rest shit. of them are dealing in fantasy. Yeah. Motherfuckers. And that girl grew up to be Margaret Thatcher. That explains a lot. Honky Thatcher is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that someone's changed their Twitter handle to Margaret Thatcher? And they just keep like saying really horrible, conservative and turfy shit. The thing is, by today's standards, Margaret Thatcher wasn't as... What, like... She's pretty horrible, but she wasn't... No, she wasn't that She's bad. She's not as horrible as the Suella lot Braven. we've got now. Yeah. I find it really funny that Suella Braven has like, said some really horrendous shit about people that come from other countries, but she herself is... Only yeah, second generation brought British. into the friggin' money, isn't she? Yeah, that's true. She doesn't consider herself a human. This keeps her rich. Fucking horrendous, horrendous human beings. Anyway, train symbol. Yeah, how's that going? I like it. Yeah, good. Yeah, all right. That's I derailed a train because I didn't realise the tracks were meant to be. Do moved. you get to see it derail? You get to see it start to derail. It goes, and then it ends. Oh, that'd be cool. Because you don't want to have traumatised people. Because some people, no one ever jumps out on the tracks. Except for me, when I accidentally Jumped tried to tracks, yeah. tried to get to the other platform before yeah. my train has to leave, and so they should introduce that. Lots of people do kill themselves on trains. Yeah, you just run someone over and uh, see their heads flying through the air in the... slow motion. Then it then it turns. Then, then Gantz starts. What was the Cole Meany and Mackenzie Crook film where he was a train driver? I don't know. And the plot was that he was trying to hit someone who was suicidal. Oh yeah. Because apparently, yeah. if you hit three people, you get life pay. Yeah. Without having to work. Sweet. And so Cole Meany was suicidal, and they were like, you just jump in front of the train. He's like, all right, but you got to do stuff for me. And they have to do a bunch of fetch crests for Cole Meany, because Mackenzie Crook, if he's really killing people that often, he should just keep going. Like, he's eventually going to get a third one, isn't he? There's a guy from... There's a comedy guy who's in Mission Impossible. He's a train driver in the Channel Tunnel train in Mission Impossible. He's, like, in a whole bunch of 90s British comedy um, sketch show stuff. He's got a really weird, really... Sort of distinct face. Can't remember his name. No, I don't know who you're talking about. Mel. What's his name? Not Mel Smith. No. <laughs> um, he's in like he's one of those ones who would turn up in like um, fast show and big train stuff like that. Not Kevin Elderson. One of them. Anyway, whatever. Train Sim World's good. 
Well, that's been Crit Apocalypse episode 207. As always, you can find Ant at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. But you can also find him at Wild World's Hat on Twitter. You're going to TransformerCon, aren't you? When is that? TF August. Nation. TF Nation, August. Yeah, August. That's miles oh, Never away. mind. Um, at we'll be seeing Dungeons and Dragons before the next episode. You've also, don't forget, we've got big releases. We'll give you a big release, big release in a Super Mario Bros. I'll give you a movie. big release all over your Super face. Super Mario Brothers movie and Renfield. Renfield, I don't care. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay, well, that's been it from us for this. Oh, you can find me at Chris Bocalypse everywhere. And also, add, you've got Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube and Mellow Gaming on YouTube, yeah? Subscribe and comment and like. Um, Suella Braveman fucks kids and eats their faces and bones and hearts. She's a horrible human being who will be remembered as one of history's greatest monsters. Um, along with most of the Tories, I feel. Um, and Boris Johnson, I hope you die. And uh, I hope Donald Trump. He, uh. David he Schneider. Rots away in prison. David Schneider. Oh, yeah. You he's know the also, one, yeah. He's, he's in Alan Partridge when, um, he was the producer and Alan Partridge was like, smell my cheese! He's in 28 Days Later. He's the one who has the monkeys yeah. in, the, in the container. Oh, yeah, at the start. Yeah, but yeah. he's in Mission Impossible. Well, I would have known him from 28 Days Do you think he'll later. be back for the new Mission Impossible <laughs> Yes. Still driving that train. Yeah. Um, have a great one, guys. Stay safe. It's a wild world out there. And remember, grow, grow, grow. Bun in the oven. Oh, it's such a bad fucking song. What are they thinking, Ant? Can't believe you slay your dad. Great Rich Bake Off the musical. Mm. I might be going to see Dirty Dancing. The musical. No, I should just watch the film. I've seen the film. I want a different spin on it, Ant. Yeah. Liv hasn't seen the film. What, Dirty Dancing? Yeah. What about Dirty Dancing 2, Havana Nights? I have not seen Havana Nights. No one's seen Havana Nights. You know what film's meant to be good and I haven't watched is Into the Heights. Or In the Heights. That's meant to be really good, isn't it? No idea. And also that Shakespeare, that um, Spielberg remake of of West Side Story is meant to be really good. Yeah, I didn't see it. No, no one did. No. No, except for his dad, before his dad died, because it was like his dad's favourite film, so oh. he showed it to him, and then his dad died. It's probably that's why he just decided yeah, I can make, well, um, meet the Fablemans afterwards, mm. I guess. Anyway, um, bye. Have a week. Bye. Get fucked. Tony Hayes, that's who he played on. All right, shut up. Bye. Uh.